My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today, it's a WNR 2 3, it's WWE versus WCW Part 1. But before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. Sister, sister, talk about a two-way twister. Shaking up the family tree with sibling synchronicity. Sister, sister, never knew how much I missed you. Now that everybody knows, I ain't ever going to let you go. Oh, 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 oh. And that is called from Sister, Sister, which finished in 1999 but now the intro wcw and wwf both locked in a ratings war and traded the number one spot heading into 99 both companies set the stage on nitro it was going to be nash versus goldberg while raw would have a surprise lined up in mankind versus the rock with both world titles on the line in the main event only one would end with a finger poke of doom and change wrestling for the worse this year, the WNR podcast go back 20 years and WWE's rise and WCW's demise. This WWE versus WCW Monday Night Wars, February 1999. And we start off in WCW. And when we had last left it, Ric Flair taken control of WCW. Hollywood Hogan was a world champion again. And Goldberg was being treated like a complete jabroni. Conan had been kicked out of the Wolfpack and Jericho, Benoit and the Giant and more were getting frustrated by the position on the card. How could WCW rectify the decline? Well, let's find out. Episode 177. Unfortunately, Raw one-handedly 5.65 to 4.7 and the head-to-head was ugly with Nitro getting a 4.3 and a 4.2. Well, Limo arrives and out comes Henning and he's with Barry Windham and wants to partner up with him for the tag team tournament. They go to earlier today with the Nitro girls dancing and Scott Steiner interrupts and grabs Kimberly and talks to her about her wanting him. She mentions DDP and wants him to leave. He's going to beat up DDP. She yanks away and falls over a dancer and hits her head. Scotty panics a bit and claims that he had nothing to do with it and leaves. Well, Gene calls out Conan and Ray and Conan drops some names. Ray has great respect for Luger and Nash, but they made a mistake in messing with him. He will not back down. They caught K-Dog everything and now he knows it too. He stumbles over his words a little bit. Conan does not 
and talks about thugging and how Luger and Nash basically suck and those two will bow down. Ray will put his mask on the line against someone's cage. He does not care. Conan agrees and is willing to take them on in any form. The only way they can take aim is in the toilet. Olele! Arriba la raza! The black and white are in the airport and wonder where Vincent is with the car. He comes back and there are no cars available and no reservations. The others are not happy. They go looking for a car and find a limo with a driver holding up their name and Vincent is begging for a window seat. But there's not enough room for him to get in. Vincent is calling the black and red and they arrive right away with a limo and pick him up. Flair brings Bischoff outside and makes him sit at a dunking boot in Minneapolis and fans are waiting to throw balls in order to dunk Eric Bischoff. He's not happy about it but warns Flair he will get the last laugh and asks where David is and Flair responds he's at home watching the show. Eric finally makes his way to the dunk tank and sits down. And we go on to match one and it is Kurt Henning versus Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. I mean seriously, two old guys cannot put two younger guys over. Horseman's still not going to get revenge on Kurt. And while it works for storyline purposes of Henning getting revenge against the NWO, it's the expense of the Horseman and two young guys. Fun match, typical WCW bullshit as the fans clearly wanted Benoit and Malenko to win despite being in Minneapolis. JJ Dillon has a ball and misses, thrown at the dunk take, and he finally connects and Bischoff goes in. Flair yells that JJ will pay. Well, Nash comes out and leaves the limo. Ray complains about Vincent dropping the ball again. Norton just wants them all to get along, and Luger talks about them all on the same team, and there is no Hogan tonight. After the break, Ray is still bitching, but as the black and white turn the corner, there are some ladies waiting for him. Gene calls out Flair and he gets a warm hometown welcome. Gene asks about Bischoff in the dunk tank and Flair is giddy about that and tells us the weather forecast for the night. He mocks Hogan's jet breaking down and how he could not get here tonight. He continues the NWO's falling apart as they are not on the same page. Dubs the falling by the wayside. He knows Hogan is not here, but listening because on the 21st, he better be ready. He's not getting pampered or all up, but rather he's out to prove he is a great champion. He has made a mockery of the belt. Flair will bring it back and <clears throat> he has made a mockery of the belt. Flair will bring it back and be a great champion like WCW deserves. He mentions some of the champs that admits he will never look like Hogan, but he will tie him up in knots. He will do or die. And now to Bret Hart. He does not care how many documentaries they make on his lame career. He is the US champ and will face Benoit at the pay-per-view. Yet they just jobbed his ass out. Ben, uh, Flair wants Benoit to bring the US chat title back to the USA. He's Canadian too, by the way. But cue the Wolfpack music, and here comes Hall and Disco. Well, Hall has the mic, and Flair may be the president of WSW, but everyone here came to see the NWO. He may be able to boss Bischoff around, but he does not tell Scott Hall what to do. He questions why Benoit's an number one contender and thinks it's because he washes his car. Hall cost Goldberg the title and beat Bigelow. Flair calls him one half of a fantasy team with Nash and no one is here saying, hey y'all. And, and Hall calls out Benoit and does not think he has the guts to come out. Well, Benoit has the guts and comes down. He's going to introduce his foot into Hall's brown eye and he and Flair clear the ring as they set up a match for tonight. Now, match two is Chaos versus Hammer. Jesus, Hammer beats him easily. I thought Chaos was getting a decent push. Here comes Sandman with a barbed wire wrapped around him and he has a kendo stick and he beats both men up. He has the mic and tells everyone what ticks him off is that people in WCW pretend to be hardcore when he was the first to use barbed wire and wrap it around a baseball bat and he leaped off a steel cage and threw somebody who was on a table. He calls out Bigelow and he wants to know how it feels to be hunted. 
Bigelow hunted Hall and not Nash, but oh well, I'm sure he's drunk. Well, <laughs> it's Angle and a match for his Sandman versus Bam Bam Bigelow. After the break, here comes Bigelow. He's met with a kendo stick and choked with it. Bigelow fights back as Tony warns the audience not to let little ones watch. Great, they turn to Raw, you dumbass. Bigelow pulls him up and whips him into the corner and sandwiches there right into a barbed wire. He hits the diamond headbutt and finishes him off with Asbury Park. Fun, but are they doing anything with Sandman? And it's not the greatest of debuts. <laughs> no, it's really not. Well, back to the dunk tank and the cameraman is throwing and he misses and finally does not trigger the fall. Liz and Luger do an NWO commercial slash promo. And DDP has arrived and he is looking for the NWO and finally finds their dressing room. He wants to know where Steiner is and they mock him. DDP is getting pissed and they all better pray to God that his wife is okay. Steiner enters the room and he promises she slipped. Now he states that DDP may be looking for these and holds up some clothes and, and some hands pull him back into the room. Nash tells Vincent to tell DDP that he can have a match but then to slap him in the mouth. Vincent leaves him instructions to Disco. Well, DDP is in the ring and wants Steiner out here right now. He's under his skin and calls him out again. Disco comes down singing and tells DDP to kick, quit crying and that the NWO has a message for him. And Steiner challenges him at Super Bowl. He then slaps him and DDP looks pissed. No backup, but Disco is scared and need. And then DDP cuts Disco. And Vincent heads back and Buff states he dropped the ball, but Nash disagrees, thinking he's getting... Well, DDP gets in the car and screeches off into the night. Uh, match four is Kidman, the champion, versus Lashley for the WCW Championship. Yeah. It and was that, a fun match. Yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, Kidman has, has proved himself that he's a great in-ring worker recently. And someone young up a couple like Lash LaRue, you know, it's good to see Kidman uh, giving it his all. And, of course, Kidman retains. Yes, and Heenan is throwing at Bischoff. Bischoff, he has no beast with it. <coughs> Heenan is throwing at Bischoff right now. He tells Bischoff he has no beef with him and he's going to give him the balls, but slips into the trigger and down goes EB. I should say slips. Hogan is in the car with some B actor and they're trying to act cool and Hogan's talking about how easy it is and Hall is right about how sweet it is and they crack some lame jokes. Gene is with Booker T and they talk about his injuries and how he was supposed to be out six months but came back in half the time. After the match last week, he has to rethink that strategy. Gene calls it a moral victory and Booker needs to refocus and turn a negative into a positive. Booker gets Disco at the pay-per-view and will he derail Disco and raise the roof? He got stuck with Disco. Well, here comes Steiner and Buff. Scotty cannot say mesmerise correctly, but the fans are supposed to be by his body. He calls them white trash too. He tells DDP that he's got to show his wife what it's like to be with a real man. DDP may not like it, but she's in the back and liking it and flirting with him. In one night, he will fill all her fantasies and he keeps trying to make rhymes. It's not really working, but he gets a solid response. He and mocks his grammar too. Well, here comes Jericho and he sends Ralphus to the back. So it's going to be Scott Steiner... The champion versus Chris Jericho for the WSW TV champion. Does Jericho stand a chance in this match? I, I think on paper he does, but I think with the way WSW have booked things recently, uh, I'm not so sure. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. At least we're getting a Steiner Jericho match. Maybe people never thought we saw it. But here we go. Look back 20 years and we are going to see it. And Buff Bagwell at ringside. And Buff Bagwell has not wrestled in the two years that we've been watching WWE versus WCW. Well, but I bet he's getting a big fat contract. Yeah, exactly. It looks like he's been spending some time in the gym, though. Yeah, him and Scott Steiner are definitely pumped. And Charles Robson is our... I wonder what Jericho's game plan is going to be with someone who's obviously outpowers him in this one. And Buff Bagwell already distracting, distracting Jericho. <laughs> 
But Jericho not put off though and shown his muscle to Steiner. And Jericho just seems to be having a laugh at the moment. But at least he's been involved in matches against Scott Steiner, I suppose, even though it's only TV title. And he gets pushed out of the ring there. Scott Steiner drops to his knees and uh, flexes a bit. And Jericho complaining about the trunks, the hair. He did honestly look like he did, though. Jericho just loves to complain. He's been a great captain. Steiner just takes him down. I think Scott Steiner would have been ten times the worker if he weren't so fucking pumped. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? And we've seen it recently. You know, we've seen a complete transformation of Big Papa Pump. He started with Rick Steiner, long black hair. We've seen him cutting it short, go blonde. Teaming up with uh, Buff Bagwell, like I said, just piling on the muscle mass, and he slowed down as a worker. Even though he wasn't bad back in the day, and it's the attitude as well as he just picks up Jericho with ease. <coughs> Gorilla presses him up, slams him down. It's all about entertaining characters. Jericho's been one of the most entertaining guys on Nitro. We saw that kind of mini feud with Goldberg, and nothing played out when he just got speared down the entranceway. Jericho sliding through the legs, delivering a couple of kicks to Steiner. And dropping him with a spinning heel kick. Sounds like it. This is the thing. The reaction they're getting now has been positive. Top rope springboard and drop kicks Papa Pump off the edge of the ring apron down to the mats. And Steiner is selling for Jericho. Let's not forget Jericho lost the TV title to Conan. Who then went on to lose it to Scott Steiner. And in right in front of the referee. Buff Bagwell hits Jericho from behind. I know but... you like Charles Robinson but... I mean, surely. Don't call me Shirley. A referee should have done something about that. I mean, I know the title's online, so the disqualification wouldn't have helped Jericho. But maybe getting Buff Bagwell out of here, but he's just been thrown into the fans. <laughs> and, Jer- and Steiner just throws a chair at Jericho, gets grabbed by a security guard. There can't be any uh, disqualification in this match because that's a chair shot we've seen and an interference and a thumb to the eye now for Buff Bagwell. Charles wasn't looking at that point. I know, so that kind of makes sense. But still, an account out, maybe, because they've been out longer than 10 seconds. Jericho does, though, manage to hang up Scott Steiner on that top rope. Back elbow off the top, and Jericho going for a bit of a cocky pose. That comes unstuck because <laughs> the leg gets picked by, St- uh, by Scott Steiner. Yeah, Steiner doesn't allow that to happen. He'd already be mocked, and yet he's the one who, you know, does press-ups and stuff like that. Oh, here we go, look. Clothesline, and then just an elbow down. Jericho's on his gut. Steiner going to work the arm. i tell you what must have um, been sold a lot backstage in WSW. A baby all, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, they are lavered. Buff Bagwell is lavered in that. Don't, don't get me wrong, Scott Steiner is, and probably so is Jericho, but is that too much for Buff Bagwell? He's t- you just slip off him. I really don't like Buff Bagwell either. He's useless. <laughs> he's, what, he's what killed WSW's uh, attempt to come back with his match against Booker T. And he had his mum calling, Judy Bagwell, saying that he couldn't make it. Well, you used to be quite a fan of Buff Bagwell. Has he slipped down in your estimations then? Yeah, he's a cunt. He really is. He's useless. I don't like it. And also, I got off Scott Steiner a lot. Like, I used to think he's quite a cool character, but now I look at it and I think, what the fuck is it, really? He's hanging him up. He was going to be the leader of NWO, but then Hogan came back, which made him look a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. He's got a TV title now, and he's feuded with DDP, so... I suppose that is something, but I just don't like Buff. There we go, Jericho. Kicking away at Buff. Yeah, Jericho was in the tree of woe. Buff was going to offer him some ice cream, but Jericho managed to kick him away, 
kicks him down to the mats, and then he's getting back to work on Scott Steiner. But I mean, people say t- these day at this day and age, it's too planned. I think now this is not planned at all. You know, it doesn't seem like they've been caught by surprise what they're doing to each other. Do you know what I mean? They might have a finish, but they kind of got no other way about it. It's not like a step by step. No, this is like yeah, go out there, have a match. And, uh, yeah, just do your thing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You, uh, Scott Steiner beats Jericho, you know, just make you've got this amount of time. Yeah. I think sometimes the promos, you know, you can see that as well. Like, when Elton Warrior came back and he gave, like, a half-hour promo, and they're like, oh, wrap up now, wrap up. But Steiner has taken over, even with Jericho making a slight comeback. Now Jericho managing to come out the corner, Irish whip. There's a bit more of a hip attack there from Jericho. He goes for a cover, but only getting a two count. Two... This is the thing, you know, they have this match go backstage and go, oh, Jericho can't work properly because he didn't do that right. Yeah, it's Scott Steiner's fault, but because he's higher up in the food chain, you yeah. can see how Jericho got frustrated. You know, he's kind of mixing with these guys, but at the moment, not being treated as an equal. This is probably the most evenly matched that we've seen him yet. He drop kick buff, buff Bagwell off the apron. Steiner a millisecond to recover, and he does, and delivers a overhead suplex to Jericho. Now he's going for his cocky pin, but Jericho managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Steiner looking for a, another power lift, but gets caught by Jericho. Delivers a jawbreaker. Oh, lion salt! Well, about three quarters across the ring away, Jericho managed to hit it, but Scott Steiner managed to kick out. Uh-huh. Oh my God! Irish whip by Jericho, but a Steiner line, and that rocks Jericho. Now he's got Jericho in a pump handle, slams him down. <clears throat> Irish whip to Jericho. Jericho leaping over Scott Steiner though. And the old kick to the face. And now Jericho saying, no, he's had enough. He's going to leave. No, he's had enough. And here comes Saturn in a skirt. Of course, he lost to Jericho. James, that is a dress. He, it's like, here comes Saturn in a dress. I know you corrected me. You are wearing a dress right now. And he, Saturn lost to Jericho to have to wear a dress. But now seems to like it. And Saturn rocks Jericho. And the referee can see this. So back into the ring. I think it suits Saturn and a suplex by Steiner. And he's calling for the end now. Steiner recliner. And Jericho. Jericho taps out. Well, he had no choice in the end. Scott Steiner wins. Uh, Buff Bagger celebrates like a moron. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Stupid. You can, you know, you, you cannot be surprised one bit. Why Jericho wanted to leave, why WCW folded if they're giving you shit like this. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Is that, like, you know, the um, Jericho didn't look too bad on paper against Stein. It, t- it took outside interference, you know, Buff Bagger was involved. Jericho kind of it was even in that way. But like you said, it's always kind of the NWO and those type of guys going over. And we've seen it already on the card, you know, Benoit uh, and Malenko losing, now Jericho. Uh, so we'll see what happens next. Well, Brett was on Mad TV, and he beats up a dude with a chair and shoves another guy away. Brett is going off on some actor, pretending it's a shoot, and puts him in a sharpshooter. That's fucking awesome. Well, Lex Luger, Lex, uh, <coughs> Liz, Luger, and Nash are down, and Lex finds it amusing that Ray and Conan are issuing a challenge to two greatest stars in the sport. Nash is in jokey mode and making voices, and he mocks the two wanting the match. Nash unfurls his hair, and it is quite girlish. As for the stipulation of Ray putting his mask on the line versus, as for the stipulation of Ray putting his mask on the line versus the hair, 
but it will be Lizzie's hair on the line and she is nervous, but they will cover her and she is a bit relieved. Well, the cat is down. I have not seen him in a while. He wants to be called the greatest of all time. He does his thing and starts calling people out. The NWO tells Norton that the cat is calling him out and convinces him to come out. He does and Cat tells him and he never calls him out and he knows that he's a bad man, but so is he. So we go on to match six and it is Cat versus Scott Norton. So much for the cat. Norton looked good against the cat. Made the cat look like a chump. Gene calls out Goldberg. He talks about his undefeated streak. Gene does... Now to Bigelow, and Bill is not afraid because he walks the walk. Bigelow calls himself an extremist or the beast from the east, but to Goldberg, he is only one thing. Next! Well, Bischoff is dumped again, and he's shivering and pissed off. Match seven is Scott Hall versus Chris Benoit. Yeah, I mean, not a bad between the two. Benoit worked on a little bit. Gives him a back break and goes up top and a flying headbutt connects. Nash then runs down and is crotched, but attraction works and Benoit is now with a super raises edge and it is over. Outsider's edge. Outsider's edge and it is another super outsider's edge and it is over. Another solid match and another stupid finisher. Hogan and his B-friend are giggling limo again and making Rocky jokes. I'm not sure if this was filmed earlier because it's light out in Charlotte. David Flair arrives and they make fun of how skinny he is. Hogan gets out and they want the camera shut off and Flair with Malenko was watching on the monitor and it went dark. Um, shouldn't it be pitch black in Charlotte? Oh well. So that was the episode. Dan, what are your thoughts on that fantastic episode of WSW Monday Nitro? absolutely fucking moronic yeah. uh, just think this is only a couple of months after it was actually quite good so this is what's surprising but we move on to episode 178 February 8th and a rating for WSW Nitro unopposed due to Westminster Dog Club preemption of Raw hour mm. 1 was 5.2 hour uh, 2 was 6.0 hour 3 was 5.9 so overall rating 5.7 but what we really want to know is how did the Westminster Dog Club get on Dan well, head-to-head with WCW, WCW was 5.9, and the WDC was 5.3. Oh, so the Westminster Dog Club just missed out there, but it'll be interesting competition. Uh, so we start this episode, attendance 15,378, and of course, commentators, Tony Schiavone, Larry Zabisco, Bobby Heenan, and Mike Tenay. We've got two shows before Super Bowl, and some cracks are starting to show in WCW. Some of the booking is getting more and more questionable and the matches aren't as sharp as they've been in the past. The tag team tournament is starting to take shape though, so at least there's something interesting going on. Well, at least in theory. So let's get to it. Well, we opened with a clip from the end of last week's show with Chuck Zito and Hogan stalking David Flair. It turned out they didn't want to do anything. The announcers do their opening chat about Flair versus Hogan. We see a clip from Thunder where Arn Anson called Ric Flair to check on David. Thankfully, we can't hear Rick's voice. And Nitro Girls, DDP is shown watching from the entrance in case Steiner shows up. Disco comes into the Wolfpack locker room to see Hall and Nash stands over Fallen Arn Allison. Disco stands over him as the outsiders leave. Hall says that three down and two to go. We get the opening sequence and then we go to a pool where a gorgeous blonde is talking to the camera. She saw whoever is holding the camera and thought he looked good. So come and get in a limo for a ride. And it's Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Blitzkrieg in our first match. It had a bunch of high spots, but Blitzkrieg did the same corkscrew about three times and it's basically just flipping for the sake of flipping. They look cool, but the flip doesn't really add anything. It doesn't make it the match. It doesn't make the match any better and it didn't make Blitzkrieg live up to his hype. 
Mix it up a bit and things will get better. We get a video on Luger, Nash versus Ray and Conan. Canyon goes to Raven's house where his mum asks Canyon to keep an eye on Raven. They sit on the couch and Canyon says Raven has got to get better. Raven looking directly into the camera. What a mark. Raven says money can buy happiness and they go to the garage where Raven has a yellow Ferrari rate waiting on him. They drive off with the engine revving. The next match is Booker T versus Fit Finley and a very technical start to this. But again, back and forth. We go to an advert and we come back with Horace coming in to see Hollywood. The champ says he needs help and Horace says he'll do whatever he needs. The black and white guys are tugging for position and Horace needs to lead the team. Horace, whoa, he's not allowed to tell anyone, though, for reasons not exactly clear. Obviously, none of the black and white members watch the show, so this will be a well-kept secret. So can I just say that they finally get a match... And they cut to Horace and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And now we go back to the back where Flair makes Bishop for janitor. If he quits, he's fired. Well, we actually get back to the match now with Booker grabbing a sleeper but getting rammed into the corner for a break. Finley drives him headfirst into the mat with a knee and we hit the chin lock. That doesn't last long as Booker comes back with a belly-to-back suplex, the axe kick, side kick, missile drop kick for the pin. Yeah, the match was hard to stay into when there was an eight-minute break in the middle. Finally, didn't do much here, but he's just a job to the stars at this point. It's nice to see Booker get more wins, but it would be nice to see him going somewhere instead of spinning his wheels like this. Raven takes $20,000 out of the bank, half of it in $1 bills. They're going, to, they're going clothing shopping for Canyon. Jimmy Hart tells Bishop they need more toilet paper. Hollywood tells Brian Adams the same things he's told Horace. And Gene brings out Flair for a chat. Flair says he had to walk the aisle tonight because he's a nature boy. If he hasn't done in this town, he's ride a barrel all over the falls. There goes the jacket and Flair talks about the outsiders in a high-pitched voice. Tonight, it's the outsiders versus Mongo and Flair. Dream match. Uh, as for Super Bowl, Hogan had two weeks to keep living his dream. Flair threatens to strip naked right now and promises to take Hogan down in Oakland. He puts the figure four on the air and says we should get some great wrestling tonight. Flair says Hall beat Benoit last week, but he gets he's abusing his power. Hart has been faking a groin injury, so needs to come down here and drop the belt right now. Surprise, surprise, Brett limps down to the ring and Flair says he'll be wrestling at Super Bowl or give up the title. Hart says he's injured, but Flair says he's doing it whether he wants to or not. Actually, let's just have Hart wrestle tonight against Roddy Piper and the title is on the line. Flair says the match with the Outsiders will be down there. Down where? Down there. Pointing <laughs> to my cock. Well, Brett leaves and gets in the face of Will Sasso from Mad TV. The still unnamed blonde promises not to bite too much and tells the person behind the camera to come and sit next to her. Well, solid video of the tag team tournament and the great tag teams over the years. Nitro Girls with Paige watching on a monitor in the back. Hollywood tells Steve Ray to take over the team. Is everyone else watching a Mighty Mouse Marathon? The announcers haven't acknowledged any of these meetings yet. Black and white, who cares? Disband the fucking thing and keep the wolf pack or call themselves something different. And then they're telling us they're not watching their own show. Well, they're probably watching Raw. (laughs) Exactly! (laughs) Well, the tag team title tournament and it is... The C team, Brian Adams slash Horace versus Barry Windham and Kurt Henning. Oh, my goodness. Again, who in the world thought this was a good idea? There's no one for the fans to cheer for. And the whole point of this match was an argument between the NWO, B and C team. The match was watchable, but I need someone to care about to make up for being a dull stuff. I have no idea why this is a double elimination tournament. 
The black and white argues post-match. Yeah, and the blonde is in the hotel and tells the guys he has nothing to be worried about. They get in an elevator and she holds up a hotel key. We get a video on Goldberg versus Bigelow. And Vince gets his time with Hogan. Vince says, I'm the daddy. Brings out Bigelow, who is carrying some kind of paper for a chat. Bigelow says he loves it when a plan comes together. He has, this has been the idea all along to break down Goldberg by raiding arenas until he had Goldberg right where he wanted him. Bigelow holds up the paper, which is an article from USA Today about Goldberg going to Washington, D.C. to speak against animal fighting. Well, Goldberg should have his mind on Super Bowl and a beast from the East. The article says Goldberg hopes to have everyone in WSW adopt an animal this year. Bigelow would be glad to put a leash on Goldberg's wife and walk her around the block a few times. <gasps> this brings out Goldberg and the fight is on until security breaks it up yet again. Nitro girls! We see Paige meeting a woman from a TV show who'll be appearing on late this week. The woman tries to do a promo and it is painful. And that brings us to our next match which is Kenny Chaos versus DDP. Just a basic match here but Chaos continues in some offence. It's not like he's going to lead anywhere or anything as he's already reached the peak of his career. But it's nice to see some lip service. The fact that he's reigned as champion is never mentioned something like how much it meant though. Canyon and Raven go to Versace and we get a Canyon fashion show. Including him changing in his underwear. Raven, you're such a jabroni. After a break and a montage of bars and clubs, Raven and Canyon get back home just before Raven's mum. They don't say anything about what happened, but WCW has called and asked Raven to come back to work. He seems fine with the idea. Ernest Miller comes out for another open challenge. Cuts and white locker room where Adams tells Vince to go get him. The black and white laugh after Vince leaves. We see Vince going to the ring and telling Disco Inferno that Miller is talking about his sister. Disco isn't too smart. There's one I didn't think I get to say. Uh, this time, though, and tells Vince to do it himself. Well, we get Vince versus Ernest Miller. Just got four minutes on Nitro after a four-minute intro. I like that they're trying to do something with Miller and it's better than he used to be. But at the end of the day, there isn't as much they can do that is going to make me care about Vince. If nothing else, this is bad because it gives him more to brag about when no one is in line to see him at conventions. <laughs> well, Kimberly's getting in the car when Scott Steiner shows up. Paige is right there to go after him, but security holds Paige back, allowing Steiner to get in the car with her. They speed off and sh- Steiner shoves her out of the car onto the concrete. That's rather extreme. It's so extreme that Kimberly keeps her face down on the concrete and in the full body outfit so you can't tell it was a stunt woman. So he forces himself into a car and then pushes her out of the car. Because he's a cunt. Scott Steiner is a cunt and he hates women. <clears throat> he calls Stephanie Man a cunt. I mean, come on. Well, all that time he spends up oiling up fucking Buff Bagwell. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that he's... Uh... Anyway, yeah. after a break, EMTs attending to Kimberly. They, want... they get her into an ambulance and Paige leaves with her. Tony wants charges pressed against Steiner. We see the same clip of Brett on Mad TV, though, and this time it's the extended show that he was beating up... Uh, extended show that he was beating up Jesse Ventura. Larry Zabisco is doing his hair in the bathroom and yells at Bischoff over the floor not being clean. Bischoff finds some bleach and is way too happy about it. And then we get the US title. Yes, these two young guns. It's Bret Hart versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, This is a good example of why people were tuned out to WWE at this point. I understand that Piper wasn't going to be uh, a long-term champion, but was there no one else that they could have put in this role to go against? But is there no one else that they thought, I tell you what, let's give these a chance and put them against Bret Hart. Would it be in better match? I think it would. Don't get me wrong, Pipe and Bret had a great match at WrestleMania 8, 
But at this point in time, that's seven years ago. And, I mean, it's just a kind of a joke at the moment. Brett was feuding with DDP and now he's moved on. Will Sasso at ringside watching on as well. I can't see anyone past that sofa. No. <laughs> that is Will Sasso. A walrus. No, no, no. He's, he's right there. He's cheering on Piper. And the fans slowly getting into it. I mean, Piper at this point, has he had anything left in the tank? I'm not sure. Well, he does manage a Royal Rumble appearance after this. No, to be fair to him. Brett pushes Piper into the referee who was in the most stupidest positions anyway. Both men double close on each other down. And Will Sasso's trying to eventually block everyone in the arena's view (laughs) of the match. (laughs) Oh, and Piper sits up. And he might be looking for victory here. And Brett's got something, I think, in in his hand. Might be some nuts. And a roll up. Ref can't see it because he's been knocked out. Brett kicks out. Ah. Well, that might be the free cat now. Brett, oh, shot to Piper's face. And now Will Sasser trying to wake up the referee for some reason. Well, this doesn't help. Wake the referee up to tell him that Brett's using knucks. Which would then get Piper disqualified anyway, so. That would get Brett disqualified, so he still wouldn't win the title, but. Oh, right, we get a tug of war. Oh, and Piper now rolled up Brett. One, two, three. Oh! And we've got a new United States champion. Piper wins, assisted by Will Sasso. I mean, Dan, what are your thoughts on this moment for this young up-and-coming superstar here on Nitro? Absolutely fucking ridiculous. I mean, it had to be Piper. Who shows up and wins a title that so many other people can benefit from holding? It's night like nine, and I can't imagine many people see Piper with a belt. But then again, we don't want to risk pushing someone new, do we? That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Absolutely fucking stupid. Yeah, but Rowdy Roddy Piper is your new United States champion. I can't believe it. I mean, at least 10 years later, we'll see Bret Hart beating The Miz for (laughs) said title. So, you know. And then 10 years after that, we see R-Truth beating not only Shinsuke Nakamura, who had a fucking amazing run in NXT, but Rusev, who is over as hell. So, you know. Oh, well. US title, eh? Yeah. Well, the outsiders come out for their catchphrases and we go to a commercial. The blonde brings the cameraman into a hotel room and has him sit down on the bed while she goes to do something. She's going for a shit, yeah, isn't she? Exactly. Well, it's the outsiders versus Ric Flair and Steve Mongo McMichael in our... Ma- well, disappointingly, this was Mongo's final yes! match. <laughs> and... I'd like to thank him for all the service no, he's done to WCW. Yes, yes, it's his last match. We've, we've suffered Mongo. He is gone now. Oh, my God. That guy dragged down a match between the three guys that shouldn't have had the stuff dragged out of him like that. The fans did not care about him when he was in there. And after two and a half years, there's no excuse for him to let at all. <laughs> so it's Mongo's last match. And he's looking for a tag. Oh my god, wait a minute. Here comes Hogan. And he's got he's got some waste in that bucket. He's looking to slop someone, is he? Oh my god, who's who's Hogan gonna slop? He's got Flair, Disco's got Flair. Oh Flair got out of it. Mongo's there! Hey That's the bleach that Eric Bischoff put into the bucket. Oh my god, and Mon- right in Mongo's eyes, he's been bleached. And he might be blinded, Flair, going in there with the outsiders. Goading Flair into the ring. And we're not quite sure who's on what team because they're all wearing red. Yeah, I know. They all look like the same 
All look like Wolfpack, and I think the referee now has finally called for it. And Charles Robinson saying, come on, you're not even a legal guy. And it's Hogan in there, and the NWO have been dominating recently. Uh oh, and Hogan's just about a belt flare. Oh no, the outsiders get low blowed. <laughs> but Disco's back in. And Disco. Oh! He gets low blowed as well. Come Down comes Goldberg. Oh, where's Goldberg been? He's going to try and help now. Spear flare, I tell you, turn heel. No, it's Disco. I don't know if he knows he's in trouble. Oh! Well, he certainly feels he's in trouble. Out comes Bam Bam Bigelow, and all hell is breaking loose. He's still going after Goldberg. Oh, my God. It's Bam Bam and Goldberg fighting. These two men will fight at Super Brawl. We know it'll be Flair and Hogan. Looks like Mongo's just been blinded, and the outsiders are walking away now. Goldberg and Flair, the last two in the ring. But where has Goldberg been these past few weeks? You can feel things starting to change on the show. Between the car thing with Steiner and the bleach in Mongo's eyes, things are getting a bit more sinister at this time. The blonde had an interesting idea. There's a mystery about who sent her and who she's talking to, but we'll get to that later. The wrestling on this show was absolutely fucking terrible. There are a few bright spots like Ray's match, but the rest of the show felt like it was there for the stories and the matches were bridging the gaps. That can work when the stories are good, but that's not the case here for most part, especially when the matches are this dull. Not a good show, but Super Brawl is looking like a chance for some serious revenge. Yeah, so we're still looking forward to that. Of course, we'll bring that to you on part two, two. of the episode. But we've still got another Nitro left. It's episode 179, February 15th. And we are in the Entertainment Hall, Tampa, Florida. Your commentators are Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, Bobby Heenan and Larry Zabisco. And Nitro got pasted like a red-headed stepchild, 5.9 to 3. Point nine. Two days prior is when Nash claims he took over as head booker. <laughs> I wouldn't admit to that, Nash, if I was you, mate. It's the last Nitro before Super Bowl and things are starting to get a bit more insane. The main stories coming out of last week are Roddy Piper winning the US title and Hollywood Hogan being especially evil. Also of note is the tag team title tournament, which has a lot of teams left and only two shows to go before the finals on Sunday. Let's get to it. We open with a recap of Scott Steiner v DDP, with Steiner going after Kimberly and throwing her out of a running car last week. The announcers tell us that Kimberly is recovering at an undisclosed location that I'm sure Steiner probably knows where it exactly. is. Nitro Girls! Yay! And Tony updates us on the tag team tournament. For Benoit and Malenko to win, they have to win five times in a row this week. Henning and Wyndham are already in the finals on Sunday. Arn Anderson destroys Disco Inferno in the back, but security takes him out in handcuffs. Eric Bischoff is a chauffeur this week, and Flair and some businessmen like his little hat. Bischoff has to open the door for them. And then we get the opening video, and we look at the Piper winning, and we look at Rowdy Roddy Piper winning the US title last week. And on to our first match, and it is Jerry Flynn versus Saturn. And Saturn is still in the dress. Tony keeps talking about the tournament. Ben Marmalinko will face Dave Taylor, Fit Finley, with the winners facing Mike Enos, Bobby Duncan later tonight. Why is this feud still going on, and why in the world am I supposed to care about Scott Dickinson? The match was more of Flynn using all of his kicks and not being interesting, and then it's about as crooked and suspended as the referee. Why is this feud still going on, and why in the world am I supposed to care about Scott Dickinson? The match was more of Flynn using all of his kicks and not being interesting than it is about a crooked and suspended referee. Why is that supposed to be interesting? I'd love an answer to that question. 
WWF is coming off Rock versus Mankind in the Last Man Standing match, and Big Show debuting to break up Austin versus Vince the previous night. And WCW stars with a freaking referee story will have his satin wear a dress and fight Jerry Flynn. This company makes my head hurt. It'll be alright, Dan. It'll be alright. Well, speaking of stories that haven't died for some reason, Bischoff is still being tortured by bad acting from the businessmen. This is used as a type of Mad TV wrestling Bret Hart tonight. Flair gets a call about Arn Anderson getting arrested with a privacy screen up. Bischoff calls his guy saying he'll be there soon. Clips of Mongo getting blinded last week. Yes. Clip from Mad TV, which saw which we saw last week, and Juventus Guerrera, Psychosis, and Blitzkrieg going against Super Calo, El Dandy, and Hector Garza. It's lucha rules, meaning they roll into a floor council to tag. Larry doesn't like the rules changing, but Tony says rules don't matter anyway. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which we've seen on Nitro. Well, this match ran nearly twenty minutes and might as well have been a, a 1970s six-man tag for the first fifteen or so minutes. The ending started to pick up when they weren't hitting their own partners or botching spots. Why in the world would you have luchadors do a bunch of mat wrestling? It's like hiring LeBron James to paint your house. You're wasting the talent. Also, the lucha rules were used like twice. This was a mess and more confusing than anything else. Well, we're in a hotel where LeBron is in a towel and asks the cameraman to get her fresh towels and lunch. She's much less sweet here. Can I just ask, why the fuck is the cameraman holding a fucking camera and not banging the blonde's brains out? Well, anyway, a helicopter spotlight is on a limo, presumably carrying Flair and the businessman and Bischoff. Some hummers are following the limo, but Flair tells the businessman that it's fine. The limo pulls over and two men in black clothes and ski masks. One is tall with long, perfect hair sticking out of the back, meaning it's probably Nash, carrying a pipe come up to the door. Another guy, clearly Hogan, tells the businessman to get out. Flair hits Hogan, but backs off from Nash with the pipe. Well, the spotlight is on him as the Hummers circle around. Hogan gets back up and now Flair's five other guys all in black get out and beat up Flair. Hogan whips Flair with the NWO weightlifting belt and some of the other guys hold him. They all put their fists together and Hogan says Flair isn't making it to Super Bowl. One of the guys takes off his mask to reveal Buff Bagwell. Nash holds Flair so Hogan can hammer away as Stevie Ray and Vincent have taken off their masks too. The beating just keeps going and Hogan has hurt his hand. Everyone gets in a shot and Nash puts on Flair's tie. More whipping ensues and Hogan says Flair isn't making it to Super Bowl. Flair is left laying after this went on for over 10 minutes. My fucking God. Well, we get Nitro Girls. The announcers make no mention of what we just saw, which is the rule of thumb anymore with these segments. The same video on a tag team tournament. This includes talking about teams that have already been eliminated. The Super Bowl graphic at the end also says that the show is tomorrow, February the 21st. And we get a tag team title tournament. Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko versus Fit Finley and Dave Tainer. The winners will face Mike Enos and Scotty Riggs tonight and the losers are eliminated. Yes, Scotty Riggs as the tournament has been changed again. Assuming the winners of that face Adams of Horace and Thunder, Van Hammer and Kazayashi have been eliminated with just one loss. This felt a step off the whole way, though. It didn't help that the winners were pretty obvious, obvious, given that Wyndham and Henning are waiting in the finals already. The match was long again, but these guys are more capable of filling in a match that long. Still not great, but this show has been off all night. We get a Goldberg video. We see Kimberly being thrown out of a car again last week. <laughs> Back from the break with the Nitro girls, standing at announcer's desk to talk, to talk all serious about what happened to Kimberly. Heenan said, are they going to dance? Priorities, Heenan. We recap Brett losing the US title last week, thanks to Will Sasso. 
This sets up the following. Yes, it's Bret Hart versus Will Sasso. This is due to Hart breaking character when filming Mad TV and attacking Sasso. I've seen a clip a few times and I thought that that was a joke. Thankfully, Tony told me that the real idea was supposed to be because it was really bad. Sasso from Mad TV, mind you, is overweight and comes out with another cast member named Deborah Wilson. Brett destroys Sasso to start and gets a chair to sit down in the middle of the ring. Sasso gets beaten up on the floor, but Wilson takes a chair from Hart and turns on Sasso by hitting him with the chair. Back in, and the sharpshooter ends it. What the fuck am I even watching anymore? What purpose did this solve? Better question. How does this make me want to buy Super Bowl? You know? This is Bret Hart beating up a fat guy with help from an actress. I've never found I don't watch Mad TV. I don't remember it. And it being a big point, at this, a big deal at this point. But did it ever want this kind of time on a wrestling show? Well, more to the point, no one comes out to save Sasso or even confront Hart, making this even more meaningless. Unless I missed it on an earlier show, the time and date of Brett's appearance on Mad TV was never, ever, <laughs> ever, ever mentioned. And it's not like you could go see the clip online. You know, it was, it was the whole point of that fucking trying to be advertised. Well, the NWO arrived with Hogan still wearing a ski mask. They come in through the crowd and over the barricade so Hogan can talk about being from Hollywood. Hollywood. He sends the rest of the team to the back to make a party and finally lifts the mask. Hogan is willing to give Flair his title shot tonight because Flair's in the back covering up the grey in his hair. He counts to ten and, of course, Flair doesn't make it out. At eight, though, Roddy Piper's aunts... <coughs> At eight, though, Roddy Piper answers the count and says he's Hogan's reality check. Hogan is fighting him instead... And the match is on right now with the world title on the line. Piper must just be waiting backstage and wait. Anybody open up a challenge? I'm going to fucking answer this. And yes, it is the WWE world titles with Hollywood Hogan versus Roddy Piper. Well, one might suggest that this is a match that should be announced more than five seconds in advance. Then again, one might suggest that this show has been a huge mess. <laughs> but that's a much bigger problem to solve. This is what this is exactly what you would expect from a Hollywood Hogan versus Ronnie Piper in 1999. It lasted less than five minutes and was a bunch of non-wrestling before the NWO came out in the disqualification. That's a great way to cheat your US champion a week after he won the title because Scott Hall of all people needs the title match coming up, right? Well, Piper gets beaten up and Hall puts on the kilt for a little dance. Over an hour later, someone in a cowboy hat finds Flair in his field and carries him to his Jeep. The guy doesn't look like anyone in WCW, so I guess we're supposed to believe he's just a random guy. Scott Steiner is suing DDP for $1 million. And that is right, yes. Scott Steiner is suing Paige yes. for a million dollars. Yeah. I mean, he must have uh, had some psychological issues. I, I think he sprained his wrist <laughs> as he pushed Kimberly out of the truck. Yeah, out of the moving car. Yeah, I must have heard him say. I feel sorry for Steiner. Well, Luger and Liz talk about Conan and say nothing of note. And we get a video on Piper versus Hall. And then the tag team title tournament, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko versus Mike Enos, and Scotty loses are eliminated. The match wasn't bad, but it was incredibly boring. At the end of the day, I need someone better than Riggs and Enos to make me interested in a match, especially when it's obvious that the Horsemen are going to win. Benoit and Malenko work well together, but I really wish we could have had a regular tournament so I didn't have to waste so much time getting through these horrible opponents. Well, it, it just sums WCW up. When there's a chance to have a normal tournament, they don't, and then they do something that makes absolutely no sense about it. And Kevin Nash is putting his name to all of this. Yes, Kevin Nash is doing this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, this is just stupidity. Um, the truck keeps going. The announcer doesn't mention any of the videos all night, so they have no idea probably what's going on outside the arena. 
a much more cheerful blonde is in a short robe on a bed and says next time will be better than this one. Ooh. Well, Michael Buffer comes out to announce the main event, even though there are no matches left scheduled. The NWO come out in street clothes and Hogan tells Buffer to get out. That's him being paid for the night now. He says Flair is hiding in the dressing room, but he'll give Flair a 20 count to get out here. The referees count and Tony sees the truck pulling up and Flair falling out of the door. Rick pulls an axe handle off the back of the truck and staggers into the arena as Tony is completely lost. Heenan thinks Flair is drunk. Tony actually uses his brains and sees bruises, saying Flair looks like he's taken a horrible beating. Flair gets in the ring and swings a handle until Benoit and Malenko come in to try and help. Well, Hogan and Bagwell beat Flair down on the floor as the rest of the NWO subdues the horsemen. Hall goes through the curtain and says, now you see how it's done. Don't mess it up before firing a taser to end the show. And what a horrible fucking mess WCW has been so far this month. Let's just hope it improves at Super Bowl, Bowl, which is on part two. As for now, let's jump ship to the WWF. Well, our last major event in the Fed was the Rumble 99, which had the brutal eye quit match and Miss McMahon winning the match itself. Commissioner Michaels wasn't having it and put Vince's spot on the line in a steel cage match. Also for the first time in history, half-time heat, Mankind won the WF Championship for the second time, beating The Rock in an empty arena match. How would the corporation react? Well, let's find out. February 1st, episode 297. Well, we get footage of Mankind defeating The Rock for the WWF title during halftime heat. There was a spoiler for that match since this show was taped nearly a week before that match aired. Well, Show McMahon tells the corporation that Vince McMahon is on a separate assignment in Texas, so he lets them know that he's in charge. Test, Ken Shamrock and the Big Bossman have no idea where Kane is. Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler are in the booth and they are taped from Tuscan, Arizona. Well, Shane McMahon walks out of the corporation but tells him to head to the locker room. Shane says that Vince has gone to Texas to try and provoke Steve Austin into a physical confrontation so that he can avoid Austin's contract. As Shane discusses tonight's card, a steel cage is lowered around him as the Generation X and Shane fight the corporation backstage. X-Pac leaps into the ring and tears Shane apart until China, wearing corporate white instead of usual black gear, gives him a low blow. Well, Cole lets us know that the WWF's Super Bowl commercial was the most controversial ad ever aired during the big game. Cole has used that word about six times in the span of ten minutes in the show so far. Well, Vince is shown in Victoria, Texas at a bar with the Stooges who are decked out in Texas cowboy hats and stereotypical rancher attire. He lets them know that they look ridiculous. Vince inquires to Toots and then runs the, uh, runs the bar whether she has seen Steve Austin, but she reckons not and pulls out a stick, warning Vince and his friends to leave the bar. And the opening contest, Val Venus defeats badass Billy Gunn by disqualification when Ken Shamrock interferes at 4 minutes and 52 seconds. Yeah, I see champ Ken Shamrock is doing commentary for this bout, which is really a mistake because talking is not Shamrock's strong suit. Uh, they need him out there to sell the silly storyline with his sister, but he just proceeds to yell a lot about how he's so mad about his sister being disrespected, but he promised her that he would not attack Venus. 
This match was set up by last week's show where Venus attacked Gunn after mistakenly believing he beat him down after this match with Test. Effort just goes through the motions for the inevitable Shamrock interference with a chair shot. But once again, we get a misinterpretation of the action as Gunn ends up with a chair and Venus thinks Gunn's hit him. So he lays out Gunn with a chair before leaving. Mankind buys Max Mini, who has no mark, $587. And didn't the 13th Amendment ban this type of behaviour? I think it did. Rock calls Vincent Mann and complains about Mankind stealing his bounty, which would have paid for five new shirts. He tells Vince that he's just going to have to take matters into his own hands. Kevin Kelly interviews Deborah, which is interrupted by Mark Henry. Henry tries to put the moves on Deborah, but he is attacked by Jeff Jarrett. That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. And Owen Hart before WWF officials intervene. Mankind gives financial advice to Kurgan and then gives him a wad of cash which is to invest. PMS tells D'Lo Brown that he needs to teach a pig another lesson. Brown objects and says that he has done enough to make up for the miscarriage. However, Jacqueline says that D'Lo has much more to do. And the big boss man defeated D'Lo Brown with PMS after a boss man slam at 2.45. Well, PMS calls out the big boss man because Bossman bumped into PMS earlier in the show and showered them with some vile words. There is another backstory here as these men were third and fourth place finishers in the Royal Rumble, but the commentators completely miss it. D'Lo gets a visual pin with a lowdown, but PMS is distracting the referee, and that leads to Brown eventually walking into a bossman slam to lose. The bossman then abuses Brown with a nightstick before Mark Henry makes the save. <laughs> abuses him with a nightstick? Ooh, uh. Uh, the Stooges hit on some women playing pool with Pat Pats have taken a low blow with one of the women's pool sticks. Vince comes out on the scene and says that he's found Steve Austin. The Blue Meanie walks out but is attacked by Goldust who finishes off the assault with Shattered Dreams. It is unclear just based on raw episodes who is really supposed to be the heel in this feud. Mark Henry talks with D'Lo Brown who's been worked on by WF Dr. Francois Petit. Henry, uh, Henry. Henry tells D'Lo that he does not need to worry about Terry when Petit adding that Terry has was never pregnant in the first place. What? What? Well, up next, Jaws defeats Kurgan with a flying shoulder block at 1 minute 42. Jaws's run through the oddities continues as he beats Kurgan in less than two minutes. Jaws does a beatdown until the rest of the oddities decide to help Kurgan, but you would have... But you would think that they would have decided to sit closer to the ring this time because of what Droz did to George the Animal still last week. Well, Vince and the Stooges are eating some barbecue while waiting for Austin. Vince just picks up his food and complains about it, so Briscoe calls over the waitress and proceeds to criticise her for serving food like that to Mr. McMahon. He gets some baked beans dumped over his cowboy hat for that, so Pat Bats has had a low blow. Uh, Briscoe's just been dumped on. Well, the Brood defeats Midian. Viscera and The Undertaker with Paul Bearer by disqualification when the Acolytes interfere at 2 minutes 5 seconds. If they had built the brood up better at this point, this would have been a really fun feud. The Undertaker sits in his custom chair by the entrance instead of ever standing on the apron, so I guess we cannot count this as his return to action for the first time since Rock Bottom. After the Acolytes interfere, the Ministry tears the brood apart and hang Gangrel with a noose as The Undertaker looks on. Mankind... Gives Deborah a sweater because she may get a chest cold. <laughs> oh, bless it. He is sweet, isn't he? Well, footage of the halftime heat empty arena match between Mankind and The Rock is shown again. Mankind comes out to celebrate with his WWF title. Mankind comes out to celebrate his WWF title victory, which is quickly interrupted by The Rock. The Rock does not give his best promo here because he has lost his voice 
and it takes him a while to get to his main point. Give him back his bounty. Mankind says that the bounty is down to uh, 72,000 and he's not going to give it back even though he promised he would if The Rock gave him the half-time heat match. Mankind does say that he would give Rock a rematch. So The Rock proposes a last man standing match, the first in WWF history at St. Valentine's Day Massacre and Mankind accepts. So the first ever last man standing match. You just think how many last man standing matches... We've had, you know, since then, in the next 20 years, it's become a staple of the kind of uh, the WWE calendar. And let's not forget the $100,000 that Mankind had was the uh, Vincent Mann had said at the Royal Rumble, if anybody can eliminate Austin, it would be $100,000 in it. Of course, The Rock kind of helped, well, it did help McMahon eliminate Austin. He was awarded it, and that's what Mankind's stolen. And Mankind, kind of being the Robin Hood, giving it to the people, like I said, giving it to Deborah because, you know, she might get a chest cold, and others, and, you know, giving out advice. But at Santa it should be a great match. The first ever last man standing match. Well, Vince and the Stooges are at a pawn shop where they have supposedly trapped Austin. Vince walks up behind a bald man in an Austin shirt and tries to provoke him. But the man, who is not Austin, pops up with a shotgun. Vince does find out that Austin is, in, is at a bar close by, though. And a hardcore tag team match, the Acolytes defeat Roadhog and Al Snow when Bradshaw pins the Roadhog after a spike powerbomb through a table at 6 minutes 40. Cool. Well, with all these hardcore tag team matches recently, I cannot help but wonder if the WWF are thinking of creating another division in early 99. That seems unlikely, though, based on the defiance, defiances in the roster. Like last, week, like last week, we had a ton of garbage brawling, but this has more diversity assisted by some stiff acolyte spots such as Farouk spearing Snow for a door, Viscera takes out Snow backstage when the fighting gets paired off, and Road Dog cannot fight two acolytes, producing the finish. Well, after the match, three druids come to the ring and beat down Road Dog. The druids then stand facing the entrance, and they unmasked and reveal the brood. This was silly booking as a more Miley Jack, the brood ministry feud, rather than combining both groups. But, you know, Vince Fuso, your Twitter follower... And also the brood are now part of the Ministry of Darkness. Well, backstage, Road Dog is shown arguing with Al Snow about losing the last match. He then beats up Snow with a chair when Snow tries to walk away. In any other world, that would constitute as a heel turn. Mm. Vincent Mann and Stooges finally find Austin. McMahon tries to be broken by reminding him of his rumbled loss and constantly turning around his chair. When Austin says he will wait for St. Valentine's Day Massacre, the man unleashes a barrage of curses, but Austin still refuses to engage. He chooses to leave the bar instead and leave McMahon at the Stooges at the mercy of the other patrons because McMahon has insulted everyone and said, these people, like this, and Austin's walked away. Dan, what did you think of the little skit? I thought it was quite entertaining. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's Austin. Fuck knows how he's managed to give himself some self-control. I think he might be drinking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, the Stooges, they look quite uh, homely in their Brokeback Mountain-style cowboy get-up. And it's something different as well. It's not the kind of same in-ring. It's, it's outside, you know, Austin's in Texas at the moment. We talk about the way you use Austin, you know, kind of use your stars. And Austin is there, but man, it's only like kind of a couple of minutes skits. You wait to see Austin. You finally see him and he uses intelligence. Why is he able not to hit McMahon after all the hatred? Because he knows that if he can, he gets McMahon in a steel cage all on his own at St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And if he beats McMahon, he gets his shot at WrestleMania 15 as well. It's fantastic storyline telling on the WWE's part. 
And we go on to a steel cage match, Triple H versus Kane. And, uh, we see in the early going, Triple H coming out, uh, trying to get one up and Kane, but Kane's just so dominant, and just been beating Triple H down. One little cool spot early, wasn't it? He took down Triple H, and then he did the um, the fireworks, the pyro in each of the corners around the steel cage. But it looks like now Triple H is managing to fight out, but he's had a lot taken out of him, and to step into a steel cage with Kane, it takes a lot of courage. Not just Kane, but Kane! He's Kane! And of course, Triple H's got bad blood. He looks to escape now. China turned her back on DX and sided with Kane. And Triple H can't get out. Oh, he tried crawling out of the door, but Kane just grabs his leg, drags him back in again, and now it's Kane with the upper hand as he drops the elbow between the legs of Triple H. But already, it's better than anything we've seen in WCW, still cage match. A young upper-comer, Triple H, of course, been Intercontinental Champion, leader of DX. Going against the corporation's monster. Really young, young up-and-comer Kane as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. He's only been around a year and a bit now as he comes off the top rope, taking out Triple H. I mean, the corporation did say earlier they couldn't find Kane, but obviously now he's in action as he sits up. After taking Triple H out off the top of the turnbuckle. And now Kane, is he going to climb and escape the cage? No, the big man's going up. But Triple H is crawling towards the door. I think Kane spots that. So he goes after Triple H again. Who's managed to grab hold of a steel chair now. Yeah, he's got hold of that weapon. The referee can't do anything about it. I don't know if Kane realises yet. Well, the game pushing Kane off. Hits him with oh. a steel chair. <laughs> Unprotected chair shot to the face. Yes, the mask is there. But still a lot of impact. And who would have thought 20 years later these two would be fighting against each other on the world's worst pay-per-view? I know, it's incredible when you think about it as Kane sits up. But this is all about not creating stars for a new era still going back to the Attitude Era and Triple H has not held a world championship yet as well which is incredible when you think about it oh yeah he's not become a 14 time 14 time champion and when you consider he debuted four years ago as Hunter Selmsley uh, you know and you would think now someone had been there for four years you'd be like oh you'll never be champion whereas with Triple H just slowly build him up they built him up right in the kind of championship European champion King of the Ring and now as DX's leader trying to get one over the corporation after being stabbed in the back by China, who's been by his side for the past couple of years. Or oh, is it a play, though? Because we saw the uh, New Age Outlaws do a similar thing, only to reveal themselves at the end of the episode. They could have played that out a bit longer, but... Well, if it is, China's changed. She's changed the look now. She helped Shane early when X-Buck went on the attack, so you can't, I don't think, question her loyalties at the moment, but... I mean, these two guys would go to war in about three years' time at No Mercy as well. Mm-hmm. For the heavyweight championship and intercontinental title as well to unify them. And Triple H pulling Kane off that top. But again, back to his feet. <clears throat> Who would have thought that that bloke there in the red suit would go on to be governor of Tennessee? Well, that guy in the uh, the green and black down trying to skate top the cage. He's ba- he's the C- was he now? COO? Yeah, he's pretty much in charge <laughs> of NXT. I'm not sure that they've done a very good job on that cage because all the top seems really loose. They've used that cage a lot, but Triple H is now over the top and he's looking to escape now. As Kane climbs up to try and stop him, but he's got Triple H by the throat. Oh my God, he's not going to choke something from there, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but he drags the game back in the ring. Both men are perched on the top turnbuckle. Oh my God. But Triple H fighting out. Oh, crutches Kane on the top rope. And the big red machines, big red balls are probably <laughs> sore now. 
<laughs> oh my god, Kane sent to the side of the cage. And Triple H having so much offense, it's, it's weird as well. I kind of mid-card you, Kane's been a champion here, but Triple H's getting as much offense in as, you know, and he seems like an equal. When you compare it to like Scott Steiner versus Chris Jericho, is that the same thing? No, I don't think, yeah, you know, Kane yeah. Yeah. might be even higher up in the card. Well, this is the main event of Raw. Triple H is bringing it. Hits him low. Now looking for the pedigree. Gets the arms hooked. No, Kane managing to get out of it. Oh. Backdrops Triple H in between the cage and the ropes. And the crowd into every moment as well. Uh-oh, and now Kane's goal to Triple H. Round the throat. Choke slam. And that is it. But there's in this kind of cage match nowadays, there's no pinfall or submission. You have to escape the cage to win. And that's what makes it a classic cage match. Do you prefer that ruling? I think it's quite cool because otherwise, you know, I can understand why because it is a cage. So it means yeah. something a little bit different from it, you know. But another thing that I don't understand is the tag team cage matches because if you let one of the opponents escape... You leave your partner. You leave your partner in there. Well, Kane's come out now and talking about tag team partners. x pucks over the door. Oh! Straight into the head of Kane, sending him back into the ring. And now he's urging Triple H to get back up. Well, Kane feeling that the fans loving x pucks involvement. Both men are down. Uh-oh, and Kane... Who got hit with the offensive move is up before Triple H still. Well, don't go that way. Maybe climb over the top, Kane's a good idea. Kane's a little bit woozy, but he's climbing up, but so is X-Pac. Oh, X-Pac's a lot more agile than the big red machine. He goes to meet Kane, <laughs> kicks him in the head. And now Kane fighting. And I mean, there must be at least 12 foot in the air. At least 15, 20 foot in the air in a very precarious position. As Triple H climbs up in the opposite corner, very wise from the cerebral assassin. And the X-Pac punches to Kane's face. And Triple H looking to escape, but oh my god. China comes out, pushes El Hebner away, goes after Triple H. Oh no, she's got hold of Triple H. He can't escape, oh! Well, the game kicks off China, manages to escape. And he's going over the top, Kane's been stopped by X-Pac. And Triple H falls to the floor and he wins. He gets a victory over Kane. Oh, and China frustrated. We we asked if she was, what, what side she was on, and with that, looks like she was trying. Definitely, how about the corporation? My God, China looks massive at this moment. She looks stacked. She bloody hell. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, and, and Triple H beats Kane as well. You know, what did you think of the match? I thought it was a very good match, very entertaining match. You kind of see the stories coming in. It's normally the corporation getting one up. Hang on, China's got something. Oh my god, yeah, so what do you think of the match? It was a very entertaining match, yeah, you know, it's something different to what we've been seeing on WCW, and it is entertaining, you've got two young upstarts as opposed to two old has-beens going off in matches and getting over. Yeah, I mean, without a shadow of doubt, I think it's a really well-told story, a really exciting cage match, well, uh, both, you know, the crowd really into it. Uh, and after the match, China tells Kane his arm's really torn up by the cage. Really, really bad, actually. Yeah. And you see, talk about a bad, you know, the cage wasn't well built. It was coming apart as well. So, you, you know, problems there. But he said DX can't gloat because they were not doing so at St. Valentine's Day Massive. So, we're going to get a tag team match there. It's going to be X Bucket Triple H versus China and Kane. And then she finishes it off with Happy Valentine's Day, sweetheart. Happy Valentine's Day to you as well. Well, the main event was a clear sign that Triple H was being pegged. <laughs> what? Damn. Easy. 
for a big push, two ninety nine. Yes, indeed. Uh, Monday Night Raw rating five point nine for Raw versus a four point seven for Nitro. Move on to our next episode, February eighth, episode two nine eight, but broadcasted February thirteenth. Was that a Saturday? That's a Saturday. See, I, I know my dates. You do. So it's it's a Raw before the Valentine's Day massacre. Even though it's the height of the at- <coughs> even though it was the height of the Attitude Era. Raw was still being preempted by the Westminster Dog Show. As a result, this is Saturday Night Raw. At least it is in Skydome, and that's always a cool visual. Yeah, very, very cool visual. A video package recaps the Austin McMahon feud from the Royal Rumble up to last week's show. Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler are in the booth, and they are taped from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And this is the go-home show for some Valentine's Day Massacre. Well, Steve Austin comes out and guarantees his shedding of Vincent McMahon's blood this Sunday. WF champion Mankind walks out and lets Austin know them at WrestleMania after he attains the talk tomorrow night on pay-per-view. Mankind adds that he looks forward to facing Austin tonight per the orders of Vincent Mann when the corporation interrupts. The Rock puts over his chances of winning the WF talk at Valentine's Day Massacre while Vince says he is so confident he will win on Sunday that he bans any member of the corporation from interfering in his match with Austin. Is he fucking mental? My man drives himself into the entertaining frenzy about how officials will have to scrub Austin's guts off the cage and how Austin's experience in the WF will never be after he loses. My man concludes that he will referee the Austin Mankind main event later in the evening. Well, can I just say that how can any corporation member interfere in his match with Austin if it's in a cage anyway? Yeah, but, it's a, but like we just saw in a cage match gone by, no one can come down and stop them from escaping. And we thought that Scott Steiner and Kimberly was bad. Well, Deborah is shown lotioning her legs while Mark Henry watches from a nearby monitor. He is a dirty bar. Chocolate, goddammit. The opening contest is D'Lo Brown with Mark Henry and Ivory beating uh, Jeff Jarrett, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T with Owen Hart and Deborah after a sky high at 1 minute and 12. Well, Jarrett gets arguably the biggest pop of his career walking out, although much of that is on account of Deborah. This is a tune-up bout before tomorrow night's pay-per-view as D'Lo and Henry are booked to face Jarrett and Owen for the tag team titles. Ivory makes a da- introduced by Brown as a way to satisfy Henry's desire so he's not distracted by Deborah. There's not too much to this one with Jarrett trapping Brown in a figure four until Ivory distracts him and enables Brown to hit the sky high to go over. We get a customary catfight between Ivory and Deborah at the end of the match. Well, footage is shown from earlier in the day when Val Venus and Ryan Shamrock were hanging out in one of the Sky Dome suites. Was he hanging he, out? He's hanging out the back of her, yeah, you're right. <clears throat> a video package recap Rock Val Venus feud. Kevin Kelly interviews Val Venus and Ryan Shamrock before that goes anywhere low. Ken Shamrock hits the ring and tears Venus apart as Ryan does a terrible acting job. She does better jobs. Venus and Ryan escape as Ken tears apart officials like it's SummerSlam night night seven all over again. After the commercial break, Venus tells Ryan that he's going to end the issue with Ken Shamrock tonight. Well, a non-title match, Gilberg, WF Light Heavyweight Champion, beats Goldust with a schoolboy. That's the pin for 1 minute 34. Well, at least he's not getting jobbed out like he is on WCW. (laughs) Well, the old Goldust attendant makes a comeback here, delivering some blue flowers to Goldust, courtesy of Blue Dust. Gilberg tries a spear, which hilariously fails when he bounces off Goldust. Goldust hits the curtain call, but a scantily clad blue dust appears on the Titan Tron and distracts, makes Goldust Gilberg's first victim. After the match, Goldust gets revenge on Gilberg with Shattered Dreams, 
but the lights go out and when they return, gold dust is covered in blue paint. Blue paint. So is that a blue bath? Yeah, it looks like it's a blue bath, yeah. El Hebner tells Kevin Kelly that no WF official will take part in the Ken Shamrock Valvinus title match this Sunday due to Shamrock's recent actions. If a referee cannot be found, Shamrock will be forced to forfeit the title. The Generation comes out. <coughs> the Generation X comes out for promo time. Triple H runs down China's lack of female anatomy. While X Pac tells Kane that he's not afraid of him. Road Dog rips off some of Steve Austin's catchphrase by claiming he's going to stomp a mud hole in Al Snow. Billy Gunn ends the segment saying that since he does not have a match, he will referee Ken Shamrock Val Venus Intercontinental title match. Simple hype work here, but the crowd was digging every single word of it. Uh, and the Generation X, a really popular faction, have now all members have got a, a match or, or something to do at the pay-per-view, which makes sense and it keeps them going over. I'm a bit interested to think why they didn't have the New Age Outlaws. You know what I mean? Maybe they thought they had too many times as tag team and thought maybe single way with Road Dogg and Billy Gunn. Maybe grooming Billy Gunn for single success, but it seemed to do more with Road Dogg recently, haven't they? You know? Yeah, certainly, yeah. Anyway, uh, Shane McMahon is shown talking to Vincent Mann, who is hyped to be refereeing tonight's Steve Austin-Mankind match. Well, we are supposed to get the Mankind-Austin match next and everyone makes their entrances. Vince encourages a lot of violence from both men with low blows, eye gouging and creative use of furniture. But Austin and Mankind see through his ploy and Mankind shoves Socko down McMahon's throat. Austin and, McMahon, uh, <coughs> Austin and Mankind then fight with the corporation and Clearhouse, leading McMahon to announce after the commercial break that Austin will run the corporate gauntlet later tonight. Ooh. The Godfather with the host beats Viscera with Midian via disqualification when Midian runs in at 1 minute and 22. Well, imagine the most generic rock beat that you can, and this is what Viscera has for his theme. It goes without saying that Viscera does not take the hose, and the Godfather does not even try to offer them. Just think this match is four years in the making as these two could have faced off in the King of the Rings semi-finals. Some brief action culminates in a Midian run-in so that Viscera can splash the Godfather a few times and put over the power of the Ministry of Darkness. Well, Val Venus can lock room until Billy Gunn tries to break it up and gets involved. Eventually, DX and the Corporation have to break up all the fighting. Well, we get a non-title match. X-Pac, who's a European champion, beats Kane with China via disqualification when China interferes at 2 minutes 56. Well, if you ever needed to get a monster over in this period, all you had to do was book them against X-Buck since he flew around and made the monster's offence look like a million bucks. Kane dominates the bout, but when X-Buck starts to make a comeback, it's cut short via China low blow. Until Triple H making the save, I could complain about another disqualification finish, but that makes more sense for this match since you don't want either guy eating a pin before the pay-per-view. So it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You know? Indeed, yes. And paramedics discover the road dog out cold in the locker room with blood coming out of his ear. And we can confirm that it was internal bleeding. Yeah, well, Al Snow warns the road dog that he's coming to win the Intercontinental title in the second of second match of their three-match series at St. Valentine's Day Massacre. He issues an open challenge for a hardcore match for anyone tonight. No one answers, so he fights himself, including blowing a fire extinguisher to his face and moonsaulting through a table. Bob Holly comes out to stop this, but Snow starts fighting him, and that begins the process of giving us the hardcore Holly, boss, Bob's best gimmick. Indeed, yes. Well, Kevin Kelly interviews Droz, who wants him... <coughs> Kevin Kelly interviews Droz, who wants to know why Kelly called him a punk on Sunday Night Heat. He attacks Kelly before Steve Blackman breaks it up. Pin Steve Blackman after a corporate elbow at 3 minutes 51. 
For all intents and purposes, the Rock is treated as a face here. Blackman gets in an aspiring amount of offence, but he misses the chance at an upset when the Rock avoids a pump kick. This may be the first time the Rock won a match with a corporate elbow as well. <laughs> so it's the corporate gauntlet match, our main event. Austin is forced to run the gauntlet, and like I said, we're in the Toronto Sky Dome, so it is a quite an impressive setting as well, isn't it? Even though they kind of cut some of we see, it's the first time I feel Raw's kind of done a big arena. We've seen it a lot of Nitro recently, haven't we? But now you think if Raw saying, look, not only are we better you in pay per views and storylines, but now we can really push it when it comes to Raw. Indeed, yes. Uh, I think it's good that we've seen it here. We've got the big screen over there now. Can Austin survive the corporate rumble? He's got a face McMahon. And maybe this is McMahon's plan, that Austin can't make it to St. Valentine's Day Massacre tomorrow night. He's got the entire corporation. This will be a test. Test. This is test will be in a match as well. Well, Austin has never been one to back down from a challenge. So he comes out. Well, when you hear the glass, it means that's your ass, And the fans of the tens are absolutely loving it. First man in his gauntlet is going to be the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. And Earl Hebno is uh, really reluctant to get into the ring because of Shamrock's um, past. Ooh, anger issues, yeah. And the problem is, oh, wait a minute, we already started. Shamrock's got a match against Val Venus this Sunday. Austin now working away in the corner with Shamrock. And Shamrock trying to fight out, but Austin reversing it. Irish whip now. Oh, Austin went down low, gets kicked to the head and a clothesline from Shamrock. Can the gauntlet end before it has a chance to start? Well, this is the thing. If anybody could do it, it's Shamrock. He's a great person to put forth. But Austin managing to roll through now. Right hands. McMahon looking on. Mr. McMahon. Mr. McMahon. And now Shamrock, Irish whip. Spinning back elbow. Doesn't even go for a cover. Now he does. That was quite a fluid motion to go straight into a cover. There's <laughs> Shamrock going after Earl Hebner and uh, the ref backing off. Well, he only got a two. Two. And now he's backing Austin up with the kicks in the corner. And Shamrock again. Irish rip. Now it's the calf kick taking Austin down. And now Shamrock got the, uh, got the arm, turns it to the ankle lock as the fans chart and you screw Brett to Earl Hebner. But the ankle lock's in in the middle of the ring. Well, we're having to screw Austin in Canada. Oh, I forgot her in Canada. Austin kicks him away. Oh, stunner. What? Oh, my God. Disqualification. And now it's test the next man. Test, test. This is test. Well, he couldn't. He didn't pin Shamrock, but now it's a big man in. Back elbow. And Shane having a word with Shamrock. And now test. Irish whip. Big boot caught by Austin. Oh, kick to the midsection. A bit. <laughs> kick to the midsection. <laughs> and now Austin back in test up. Huge right hands here. And now test for the shots to the gut. Whipped into the turnbuckle. Austin blocks the clothesline. Hits a stunner. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh, oh no. Testified. So now Kane in. And there's a big red machine, maybe the closer for the corporation. You've still got the boss man there as well. And uh, Is it a good thing they're not getting pinned? Or is it a bit, you know, I, I don't know at the moment. I mean, I think Tess maybe could have been pinned, but to keep Shamrock from being saved, maybe. Well, I don't know. A victory is a victory, isn't it? You know that once he hits a stunner, it was going to be a free anyway. So yeah. it's kind of just hurrying things along, I, I suppose. suppose and, right, yeah. In a corporation way. 
Yeah, and you can see Mr. McMahon there. He's look, just looking on. Trying to be in a master puppet here. Austin, Irish ripping Kane. Kane picking up some speed. No, Fez press. Austin wailing away at the head of Kane. Hits what? the elbow. Why are people throwing stuff in the ring? Stop throwing stuff in the ring. It's not about you. An Irish rip. Reversed by Kane. Oh, hits the big boot. Kane's arm doesn't look that teared up now. No, Kane. Oh, my God. Kane looks fine after that still cage match. He's got Austin round the throat. Hits the choke slam. That's a go for the cover. One, two. Oh, no, but Austin managing to kick out. Uh, well, if the choke slam don't work, looks like Kane's going to go for the tombstone. No, Austin hits a stunner. <laughs> Third stunner in a row. Lands on some ice. He's going for the cover, but China's in. Oh, low blow from behind from China. Well, China is part of the corporation. She wants a bit of Austin. Oh, no, Austin dodges the clothesline. Hits a stunner on China. <laughs> I think it's not a pinfall match. It's uh, if you hit a stunner, that means you're out. <laughs> yeah, it looks that way. As Bossman now, big right hands. He's going to teach Austin something. He's going to make him squirt like a pig. Squirt like a I don't know, but I'm going to fuck it. And now big uppercut on Austin. And look at Bossman here. The last man in this. We've seen four members of the corporation eating a stunner. Them fucking fans need to be all kicked out. Yeah, honestly. Chucking shit into the ring. It's not on. Rowdy, there's too rowdy. No, there's no need for that. And now Bossman. Clothesline missed. Oh. I thought we might see another stunner, but no, he's going for a sleeper now. Bossman backs Austin into the corner, though. Hits a clothesline. Well, now Bossman asking for the nightstick. And if he uses it, it's a disqualification. And DQ. And Austin wins the corporate gauntlet, but it doesn't look much like a winner here. No, Bossman. Targeting Austin's neck and back. And now Kane. Uh, no, okay. And now McMahon looking on with the rest of the corporation. It's Bossman working over Austin with a nightstick. And now Shane saying to McMahon. Well, McMahon's saying. To Shane to get in there, but everyone's going in the ring now. It looks like Vince is in there, and as Vince had the last night, is Austin out? No, Vince. Oh, Vince is still a member. Of, he's a member of the corporation. The ma- the match is still going on. Oh, that is genius by Vince Man. He's not, is he? Oh my goodness! And look how ripped McMahon is. Godlike McMahon means business. Look at the swagger. <laughs> talking trash to Austin. He's going to go for the cover. No. One. Two. Three. <laughs> Mr. McMahon has just beaten Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin failed the corporate gauntlet thanks to Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Damn, what are your thoughts? Well, what better way to put Austin over to get a victory over McMahon? Then to have McMahon lording, him o- lording it over him on the go-home show and let's celebrate oh. him with a cold Canadian brewski. Insult to injury. And that might have all cost him up. But and the it- rest of the corporation <laughs> are going to put him back to sleep again. Well, a pack of wolves. And they've taken Austin back and they've put him onto that bottom turnbuckle, holding him there. And look how oh angry Austin is, but he's getting hung up with that nightstick. Austin taking another swig of beer. Look at this, pouring beer on Stone Cold. And Austin's not pissed off because he's doing it. He's pissed off because McMahon's wasting that cold beer. That's like throwing spinach in a bin to Popeye. 
and McMahon has got Austin round the throat and he's, he's slavering, he's spitting, he's so angry. Throwing beer over Austin. Oh, heaven of there, catching a, a bit of debris thrown in by the crowd. You're nothing, Austin. McMahon shouting, what incredible build-up it is. You just want to see it because you know the next time these two men are face-to-face, Vince McMahon's going to be locked inside a steel cage with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's just great storytelling by Raw at the moment, isn't it, you know? It is, definitely, yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, and we move on, and it is February 14th, 1999, the next night, and it's a Valentine's Day massacre. <clears throat> yes, and the attendance was 19,028, and the buy rate was a 1.21, and that's up 69% from the previous year. Uh, well, 0.69 from the previous year. Michael Cole and Jody King Lloyd doing the commentary as we are live from Memphis, Tennessee. King's got a really sore throat, of course. Michael Cole's not there, thanks to what's been happening with JR at the moment. Well, we get the opening contest, and that's Gold Dust, and he defeats Blue Dust with a curtain call at 3 minutes and 8 seconds. Yeah, this confusing food premise on a Blue Meanie Im- imitating Goldust mannerism culminates here. Goldust was supposed to be healed, but the Blue Meanie's character was not very likeable, so he just had a few for the sake of things, and it did nothing for anyone. Blue Dust gets virtually no offence in this one, with Goldust hitting a weak curtain call for the win. After this, Blue Dust would partner with Goldust for a while in managerial role, but that led to nothing significant. And we get footage from Sunday Night Heat where Vince McMahon spat in Steve Austin's face in an attempt to goad him into physical altercation, thereby nullifying tonight's main event. Since Austin was contractually forbidden to touch McMahon, but Austin refused to take the bait. And Austin said he's going to wipe the spit off uh, the spit off his face with McMahon's blood here tonight. Uh, hardcore Championship match: Bob Holly pins Al Snow to win the title at 9:56. Well, hardcore champion Road Dog was injured on the previous episode of Raw, ruining the best of three series that Snow and he were having. So we get this match instead for the vacated hardcore championship. Bob Holly was an afterthought after uh, <coughs> Bob Holly was an afterthought before this match, serving as a member of the Job Squad and rehabilitating himself from the spark plug gimmick of the mid nineties. This was a typical garbage brawl, one where so many objects were used that it desensitizes you to violence a problem made worse by the complete lack of psychology here one fun footnote is that the match uh, <coughs> one fun footnote about the match is that it is ends near the mississippi river with snow eventually rolled up in a fence meshing <coughs> with snow eventually rolled up in fence meshing as part of the finish holly went on to new heights about this bout eventually becoming hardcore holly a gimmick that Gave him another seven years of life in the company. Yeah, I really enjoyed the, the open match. It's full, full of fun. Well, not the open match. I really enjoyed that hardcore title match. You know, outside you kind of don't see that stuff anymore. But it's real fun going to the Mississippi. You know, the Undertaker addressed the Ministry and tell Midian that he will take the Big Bossman's soul in their encounter tonight. The Big Bossman beats Midian with a Bossman slam at six minutes twenty. I mean, of all the things wrong with the Ministry, I really like to know. Who in the WF thought that making Dennis Knight the in-ring face of the group from December 98 through March 99 was a good idea? This feud was before the Ministry and Corporation had problems, but it did serve as a bridge to get there, as this match is meant to build up the big boss man before WrestleMania so he can be viewed as a credible opponent for The Undertaker. Get some wrestlers after four minutes of slow plodding action, working up a loud boring chant, and the boss man thankfully ends things shortly thereafter with his finisher. And that was completely missed by <laughs> Carl. What a knobhead. After the match, the ministry runs out and surrounds the ring. The lights go out as the, Undertake, uh, 
The lights go out as The Undertaker's theme plays, and when they come back on, the bossman is beaten down, becoming the victim of three viscera splashes. The Ministry then drags the bossman to the back as The Undertaker looks on approvingly. All of this begs the question of where the corporation was, is, during all of this. Well, Kevin Kelly interviews Mark Henry, Dino Brown and Ivory. Dino says that Ivory will counteract Deborah during tonight's Tag Team Championship match. And that match is next. It's a WWF Tag Team Championship match. That's Double J Jeff That's Double J Jeff Jarrett and that is J E Double F J A Double R E Double T and Owen Hart who are champions with Deborah and they defeat Mark Henry and D Brown when Jarrett makes Henry submit to the figure four at nine minutes thirty three. Well do you know D and Henry are one of the most uncelebrated tag teams of the actually do they had a great combination of power and agility and on a trajectory to win titles but Henry's susceptible to injury eventually scuttled those plans. The same could be said of Jarrett and Owen who are underrated in their own right. Cole's rough night of calling moves continues as he calls a running powerbomb a sky high, which fence him for calling it right once Jarrett gets caught with it. We get uh, an, inve- an inevitable Deborah Ivory confrontation. He was to blast Henry in the knee with a guitar and retain the titles. After the bout, Ivory strips some of day of that. After the bout, Ivory strips some of Deborah's clothes off. Since this is the attitude here, after all. Kelly interviews Mankind, who is ready to face The Rock for the WWF title in a last man standing match. And Cole tells us if we send our pay-per-view bill, we can get a free WWF superstar photo magnet. Kaj recaps the Ken Shamrock Val Venus feud. An Intercontinental Championship match with Billy Gunn as guest for free Val Venus with Ryan Shamrock pins Ken Shamrock with small package to win the title at 15.52. If it's Val Venus doing it though, it shouldn't really be a small package, should it? I was it? just about to say that, yeah. It's the first time I've ever seen Val Venus and small package in the same sentence. Venus was sleeping with Ryan Shamrock, Ken Shamrock's sister, so Ken took matters into his own hands and went after Venus. Once things got too physical, some WWF referees were insulted and no one wanted to referee the bout. So Billy Gunn, who had a past history with Shamrock, decided to don the zebra shirt so that a title match could take place at this show. A bevy of rest holds keep this from building any momentum. A problem made worse by the crowd waiting for Billy to screw someone, which he does when Shamrock has Venus pinned after the DDT. Ryan helps Venus escape the ankle lock. And when Shamrock takes his anger out on Gunn, he punches him back and counts a quick fall to give Venus his first title in the company. Well, after about Gunn brawls with Shamrock and then interrupts Venus' title celebration, this would logically produce a triple threat match at WrestleMania. But your Twitter follow Vince Russo had other ideas. Yes, James, and you can call 815-734-1161 to get your Mr. Socko t-shirt for $25 plus $6 and handling. Well, the video package recaps the Triple H China feud that will manifest itself in a tag team match tonight. And Kane and China with Shane McMahon beat Triple H and X-Pac when China pins Triple H after a Kane chokeslam. Uh, Shane does commentary and makes David Crockett look like a second coming of Gorilla Monsoon, annoying me quickly with observations such as, Get him, baby! Bam! 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 X-Pac becomes my hero by taking him out halfway through the match during an outside rule with Kane. Unfortunately, Shane returns. The match does a good job masking China's deficiencies, but that requires that Kane do the heavy lifting, and that slows down the pace. The full the four brawl gets a crazy, with X-Pac chasing Shane back to the locker room, led by setting up their WrestleMania, but Triple H turn one, where he quickly succumbs. If Jim Ross was on commentary, or someone better than the Cole Shane team that we got for most of the match... Indeed, and it is time. It is now time for the main event. So the WF title is on the line in the first ever last man standing match. Mankind and The Rock. And I mean, 
we should say before this match starts, anybody who doesn't know Last Man Standing is the first man to get to the feet at the count of 10. But, I mean, this feud has been going since Survivor Series, you know, back in November with a deadly game tournament. And, and what's Mankind doing? Well, he's got his back to the rock. He's clasped his hands together and says, look, you can have a free shot, Rock. Well, and the Rock doesn't shy away from that. He's still wearing his uh, Tesco Two Stripes T-shirt and trousers because of his nipple augmentation surgery. And he's going after Mankind already. And, yeah, we should say back in Survivor Series, of course, this started with Mankind thinking it has been a corporate chosen one, but it was a rock selling out, uh, leading to join a corporation and having a WF Championship. At rock bottom, the paper you named after the rock, Mankind did beat the rock with the Manimal Claw, but that didn't count because he didn't submit or get pinned, which leads to the Raw Rumble. Uh, no, sorry, before that, January 4th, 1999, the Raw, uh, first Raw of the new year, of course, Mankind winning the WF Championship, beating the rock, thanks to Stone Cold Steve Austin with a massive brawl with the corporation, and uh, DX at ringside. Then the Royal Rumble down as well. Yes, Royal Rumble. It was an I quit match where The Rock taped Mankind saying, I quit! I quit! <laughs> and um, then they had their match at half-time heat, which led to Mankind beating The Rock in an empty arena match. And becoming a two-time WF champion. And the champion's holding his title belt. He's just rocked the great one with that one. He's at the Royal Rumble. He got handcuffed with it. Like, was it 11 or 12 even 13 unprotected chair shots, and that's why Mankind at the start... At least 14 or 15 <laughs> or 16 chair shots to the head. And that's why Mankind at the start had his hands tied behind his back in reference to that, but he seems to be in control now. How, what have you thought of the feud? I think it's been brilliant. I think it has been great, yeah. It's certainly building up Mankind as a credible... It's certainly building up Mankind as a credible challenger to the Rock's title and, uh, you know, winning it twice against The Rock, and it's kind of keeping these guys both busy while Austin is preoccupied with Mr. McMahon. And we heard what happened on Raw, Mankind saying that he can't wait to face Stone Cold Steve Austin at rest at this moment. It could happen because Mankind, of course, your champion, and we thought it might be easy for The Rock after the Spice Series win. Mankind has showed that his popularity as well. The fans have definitely got behind Mankind. I think it's great they can be able to use him after we've seen Mick Foley so much as well in 98 in different roles. Let's not forget, you know, going into WrestleMania 15, he could be champion. Last year, he was teaming up with Terry Funk against the Outlaws in a street fight at WrestleMania. So, Tag team titles, yeah. Fight. And now they've gone up the entranceway into the metal... Oh! Metal but, structure there. But is this also building up The Rock as a credible potential champion? I mean, you know, he's uh, he's not long made the rise from leaving the nation to kind of coming out on his own, selling out to the corporation... And, uh, you know, it's given them a bit of credibility managing to go toe-to-toe with the crazy son bitch Mankind. Yeah, and as we said, there's kind of the ruthless aggression as well shown by the You know, he was a kind of killer at the Rumble, Rumble in 99. And, and he reverses an Jesus. Irish whip from Mankind and sends him back first into that metal structure. We've got to think Mankind's such a professional as well. After everything that happened at Royal Rumble... You know, his family being there and The Rock and, you know, having problems. He's still got up and, and he's wrestled him. You know, the feud has continued with these two guys. It just shows Mankind taking even more punishment at the hands of the Great One. I would say The Rock has, uh, even though in match-wise it might be even, I think The Rock has obviously dished out more punishment to Mankind than the other, the other way around. But I think it's helped The Rock take it to the extreme a little bit more as well. But, you know, we often say we get fed up with seeing the same matches on pay-per-view you know, week in, week out, currently on Raw. But, yeah, well, currently on, in WWE. But, you know, seeing these going at it constantly all the time, 
it it doesn't get boring no. because they take it to the next level each time. There's progression. There's a progression, isn't it? In it, and there's the character development. Mankind has grown so much from kind of being maybe the dim-witted one who was outsmarted by the corporation to completely turn it round. And the Rock has got a monitor balanced on his head at the moment. Well, he's just been DDT through a table by Mankind. Huge impact there. And the Rock looks out of it, and El Hebner is counting. If the Rock doesn't answer the ten count, it could be all over before it's even started. And at this point as well, there's genuine questions. Usually when we get to the kind of February events towards WrestleMania, you know what the main event's going to be and it doesn't really change much. And right now, I know Austin's probably going to go over McMahon. But with this one, because it has kind of been so even with Mankind getting a few victories and being champion, you think, you know, you would back his chance. If it was Mankind versus Austin, I don't think that would be a disappointing WrestleMania main event. I certainly wouldn't be disappointed. I think, you know, the only kind of slight disappointment I have is that they're going to be two faces going against each other. But... Either of, the guy, either of these guys could legitimately be a heel for the match anyway. Well, this is the thing, you know, and that's what's the, the beauty of it. They were able to turn it around. And speaking of turn it around... Well, the Rock with a backdrop on Mankind to the concrete floor. There's no way for Finn Matts here. No. It is just a pure concrete floor. A complete splat there. As though Heaven has counted both men. You know, the King's got... Um, <clears throat> King's got sore throat. He's struggling to get through this. A bit like Mankind at the moment. The Rock just picking Mankind apart up the entranceway. But like, so even Mankind and Austin talk about would that be a WrestleMania main event. They faced each other like twice on pay-per-view last year. And we talk about, oh, we need new things. But it's because how much the character has changed. You know, it was Dude Love against Austin. And this time it would be Mankind. And even though, yeah, it's the same guy. It's kind of the story behind it. And Mankind earned his opportunity to be at WrestleMania. And, of course, they're using, you know, special stipulations, and they're not overusing them. They're not turning them into their own pay-per-views. They're using them because this feud means so much. Otherwise, they'd be having normal matches, normal matches, normal matches. And then, you know, it'd culminate in an I-quit match. And, yeah. you know, we found out that The Rock kind of fudged that, so Mankind's getting a bit of retribution in the last man-standing match. And, you know, it progresses. They're not getting, like, you know, just the normal standard last man-standing match on Raw. Or at its own pay-per-view, you know, it means something. It's for the title. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, these guys have had, what, three kind of, as you say, normal matches. But in them, one of them was at a tournament. You know, they had the stuff at rock bottom and then on Raw. Since then, had an eye quit and an uh, empty arena match. He's going for Mr. Elbow, but the Rock moves. And the Rock's not happy about that. No, he's trying to get his way back into it. He's got a bit of a injured shoulder. I think that's where he's swinging so hard at Mankind's head. And now Mankind just teetered on that second rope. And we should say earlier tonight, as he was getting ready for a main event on Heat, training with the Iron Sheik, the Rock came in and attacked that new mankind. So we've got to watch that here tonight. Went after it with a fire extinguisher, then put a wooden pal on it and went to work as well. The Rock is always trying to get an advantage over mankind. Now they're next to the ring and the Rock's going to suplex him. Oh. Onto those mats. And how thin are those mats, Dan? Those mats are mere millimetres thick and it's probably a lot more comfortable than when they was uh, brawling out in the entranceway there or it was just pure concrete. And the Rock's going to do it again. Mankind just splats down. Oh my God, he's going to go for the third time. The hat trick of suplexes there to Mankind. I, even I don't think that's going to keep Mankind down. We've seen how much punishment this guy can take. You know, I quit match. He passed out. You know, he didn't quit. And the Rock going to give everyone a treat and go on there. Uh, Rock saying it looks like a big monkey came. Uh, looks like a monkey came out, took a big crap, and out came Mankind. The Rock's definitely feeling more confident in his role. But oh my God, so on the rolls. Well, Mankind just rolls over the announce table and takes out the Rock. 
Maybe he should know his role and shut his mouth. A man can now pistol like right hands. Mankind is a great worker. Anybody who's just a hardcore wrestler is full of nah. shit, you know what I mean? He's a brilliant work- worker as well. Yeah, without a doubt. Considering, like, you know, he's How been... extreme it is. Yeah. <laughs> and now the Rock's on top of that announce table. In a very prone position as uh, Mankind calls onto the edge of the ring apron. He's going to drop the elbow. Oh, my God. Not from off the apron. Oh, well, on the back of the Rock's head as he was draped over the announce table. But, but that, that that right knee, yeah, has come into play. And you can see that Mankind doesn't wear knee pads. Oh, Hebner's counting both men down. But Mankind's looking under the ring. And he's getting dozens of chairs. At least 20 chairs. Mankind giving the Rock a drink. After spin at him. That might wake him up a little bit, though. The stair shot won't, though. And the Rock went hands first. <laughs> Yes, he must have really sore palms. <laughs> the Rock thrown back in, and Mankind now feeling it. And there's still stairs coming to play. Do you remember the Survivor Series when the Rock threw the stairs <laughs> right onto Mankind? And trust me, I mean, they weigh at least 300 pounds. At least 400 pounds. That's the weight of about three big shows right there. Now Mankind picking up, struggling to get those stairs up. The Rock struggling to get to as he comes charging towards Mankind, but the Rock manages to get his foot up. Kicks the stairs into Mankind's head. And The Rock now just working on that leg. Uh-oh, now The Rock's got a chair. You know what damage you can do with a steel chair. You can hear the crowd as well. Know what happened last time. Oh, but he's targeting the knee. And you can win a last man standing match by preventing your opponent from standing, which is, I guess, what The Rock is going for. And the commentators are putting over saying Mankind dislocated his knee. Well, had his knee dislocated... By him earlier on by The Rock. Well, that is just showing the toughness of Mankind. But The Rock is showing the hunger, the desire to become champion again and the game plan. If you've got a broken leg, one-legged man and ass kicking contest can't get up. Oh, Zach Gowan. I love the fact they hired the wrong one-legged wrestler. Hey! <laughs> and The Rock just uh, taking a swing at Mankind. Mankind ducked. The Rock hit the top rope. Hit himself in the head with a chair. Cactus clothesline over the top. And both men down to the outside. And now Mankind might be looking to pile drive The Rock on the outside. But The Rock managing to block. Mankind with a swinging net breaker. Just punishing The Rock. And now Mankind sending The Rock into the stairs. Near the ringside area. Back to the announce table. <laughs> Michael Cole's getting out of town <laughs> for the second time. And the King's slowly trying to get away. And we've seen what happened with the weight of these two men on announce tables before just collapsing. Now Mankind's got the rock. He's not going to try and power drive him, is he? Surely. Don't call me Shirley, but that looks like what he's going for. Oh, my God. And the rock blocking it. Rock blocks it. Oh. <laughs> Backdrop to Mankind, whose leg, or back of his left knee, looked like it hit the uh, ring bell table. And there's a bump you'll not see before or again. Right into the freakside area. The hard way. And I wonder why Mankind did have so many injuries. It's weird. Yeah. Why did he have to retire earlier? You know, I know he came back, but why did he have to retire like 34? Well, Mankind's got to be out of this. The Rock's in the ring. But he's got an idea. Oh, no. No, don't do it, Rock. Don't do it. He's got the stairs. 
Well, The Rock throws the stairs out of the ring right onto Mankind. You can see the dent in his leg as it bounces off. But, but he's still managing to get up to his feet. Well, he's got more guts and brains. Sickening. We see a replay of the backdrop off the table. Oh, and the back of his head hit the edge of the announce table. Then we see another replay <laughs> of the stairs just being thrown onto the thigh of Mankind. Uh, oh, my God. It's brutal. But The Rock might be looking to finish it now. He's got the slam. He's looking for the corporate elbow. Is it the most electrifying move in sports entertainment? It hits its mark, TARDIS. And now, oh, Hebner's going to count. And The Rock is asking for a microphone. Mankind using the ropes to get up, and The Rock berating the referee. The Rock going through his catchphrases. The match is not over yet. <coughs> well, The Rock's got a gift to Memphis. Down at the bottom of Jabroni Drive. Smackdown, Smackdown Hotel. Hotel. <laughs> Made famous by Elvis. And with Mankind, Manimal Claw. <laughs> Rock. Oh, inadvertently hitting El Hebner. Uh, Smackdown Hotel rendition got stopped there. And the Rock might be passing out. Referee's down, but this would be a 10 count. Mankind looking for the ref. Uh, the Rock's out. Should be counting. And now Mankind on the outside is trying to struggle to get El Hebner up. Yeah, I think Mankind's got a double F tie on. Well, El Hebner's thrown back in. And now Mankind helping El Hebner to count. Or having a count in. I don't know what he got up to, but oh, low blow. Oh. And neither man got a lot left in them, but a low blow by the rock. Bang. Plants Mankind with a snap DDT. Well, Hebner back oh, on his knees. He's not back to his feet yet. Counting. Both men struggling to get up. The tank is empty. The WF Championship on the line. The Rock's got a chair. Oh, Mankind ducks it. Double arm DDT onto the steel chair. Well, that's Mankind's finisher. This is that. I mean, Earl is on six, seven, and The Rock's not moved yet. Now he is stirring. Eight, and he's using Earl Hebner to get to his feet. And he's up just before the 10 count, but Mankind has another trick up his sleeve or down his pants. <laughs> and it's Mr. Socko. And he's caught the rock with it. Oh, a low blow to Mankind. That doesn't stop him, though. He goes back for more Mr. Socko. Gets caught in a sock bottom. Oh, my God. Rock bottom. Both bend down. Well, they each gave each other their best shot. El Hebner's counting to eight. Both men struggling to get to their feet. But both got... Well, Mankind's got a steel chair. So's the rock. They're going to use it. Oh! I'm not sure who got who there. I think they both hit each other. And now both men down. Both hit a chair shot to the face. The referee's counting. Mankind's slowly stirring at eight. I think the rock's out. Nine and ten. Mankind can't get to his feet. And it's a draw. <clears throat> well, the fans not happy about this. The fans certainly not happy with that finish. Well, it's a draw on both men out. Oh, I think it was a great match up until then. Dan, what are your thoughts? Absolutely brilliant match, yeah. It's uh, certainly a hard-hitting affair and it gives both men a lot of credibility. It certainly puts the rock on a higher plateau as well. Managing to go toe-to-toe with 
mankind, but just not getting there. Yeah, and another inc- uh, incredible um, match in the rivalry between Rock and Mankind. And another f- incredible thing as well, Mankind getting stretched out. We've never seen Mankind be stretched. Even the Hen in a Cell, you know, when that happened last year at Royal Rumble last month. But this time, maybe just too much for him. But he is WWF champion. So will he be the champion? Because nothing's stopping him now, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but it looks set that way. And if Austin can beat McMahon, he's going to get his title shot. Yeah, and we're talking about that. That is uh, the main event of St. Valentine's Day Massacre. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon. Inside a steel cage match, uh, The Austin wins. He goes to WrestleMania, like you said, to face uh, the WF champion. But there's a couple of other caveats that Mr. McMahon's added as well. He's banned. There can be no members at ringside. Well, he certainly is uh, thinking highly of himself. You know, we've seen him. He's shredded and jacked, and he's managed to get the one-upmanship on Austin last week on Raw as well. And I think you have to go back. I I would say the promo really goes back to Raw Rumble, but you could theoretically go back before WrestleMania 14 in that way where McMahon said he didn't want Austin as champion. And everything we saw, beating the ratings war with Austin McMahon, it is, it's kept it viable. And even though McMahon, like you said, is a is a much older man, he's a CEO, the owner of the WF, the, the, the rivalry in the feud has can be competitive because McMahon has thrown everything he can at Stone Cold Steve Austin. And at the Royal Rumble with McMahon beating Austin, he thought it was the biggest insult, but it would come back to bite him again. That's what Austin is genius about. The face might get, you know, taken out a little bit, but it always seems to come back. And it was thanks to Shawn Michaels. Like he got Indeed. his opportunity with a man. Clearing up the damage from the last man standing match and putting up the old-style black steel cage. <laughs> fans go fucking mental. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin is out here and the fans lapping up every single moment and he's got his blue eyes focused at WrestleMania but with Mr. McMahon here tonight inside the steel cage. McMahon's coming out and he's jacked. And Austin looking on at Mr. McMahon. And Mr. McMahon's got the balls the size of grapefruits to walk in with the toughest SOB, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and not be backing down at the moment. It looks like he's going to climb the steel cage and have him some of Stone Cold. And Austin is waiting for McMahon to get the cage to finally get his hands on him. He's not being allowed to touch him. And McMahon's going to take his time. Well, the door's open, McMahon. He's going to walk in. And Mr. McMahon again just walking away. He's going to take his own time. Man looks to go in again, but slams that door shut. Well, Austin's had enough of waiting. And he's going after the boss. He's going to go chase him down. But man, though, look how quick he is. Like a gazelle. Getting well, he's into... been chasing chickens. He has. He's been training. You're right about that. And he's kicking away at Austin. Not let him get in the cage. But man, look at the flexibility there. Like a... I thought it was Rey Mysterio for a second. And Austin now going to walk around. And Austin going up over the cage. McMahon going to meet him. Swiping at Austin. McMahon's up there. He must be at least 12 foot in the air. At least 14 foot in the air. And as Austin moves around the cage, McMahon is following him. And a huge right hand by Vince. He's toying with Austin. And Austin is struggling to get to the... I think Austin's toying with McMahon now. Oh, wait, no. Austin just fallen off the cage. Looked like he uh, twisted his knee there. And that's the one he keeps bandaged up. Well, you can see the knee brace on it as well and the extra protection. And Vince McMahon smells a weak spot here. Oh, referee talking to Austin. 
Well, that man looks to be smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his face because uh, he's just realised Austin's weakness. And, oh! And Austin was playing possum. Hello, possums! Austin with a clothesline, and that sends Vince on the announce table. And he's got a shit-eating grin now. And now Austin's got the man. It's what he's wanted, and sends him into the cage. Austin getting some of that, we're just choking out the owner of the company. And McMahon's worst nightmare has come true. As he gets thrown across the announce table and just slides across it. <laughs> just disappears. We just don't see him again. And there he is. Austin's got him. Huge right hand. You can hear the smack. And just send him into the, the front row behind the announcers. This match hasn't even officially started yet. And Austin's wailing away. Stomping a mud arm, walking it dry. Well, Austin will take his time after all the times he got screwed out of the WF Championship by McMahon. All the times been hurt, betrayed. And look at this, the beer to the face. Bit of payback for what happened on Raw. Cascading over the barricade again. Oh my God, McMahon is in serious trouble. And Austin is going to relish this. Into the still stairs. The man fighting back with a thumb to the eye throws Austin into the cage head first. Oh my god, Austin just got taken out by McMahon. McMahon with offence and now McMahon wants to get a little hole through to go away but he wants Austin to follow him like the Rumble. And we saw this game plan before. Uh, we wouldn't have thought Austin was stupid enough to fall for it twice but I think he just wants McMahon that bad he's going to follow him. And they're going up now into the crowd. Austin well away. I think someone just threw beer up Stone Cold Austin's back. That would be nice. Oh my God! Into the masses. He can. Uh, he can kind of see why they don't brawl out in the mm. crowd much anymore because just these idiots. You can't see fuck all anyway. No. And there's so much security there trying to separate the crowd. There we go. Police getting involved now. Finally. And now Austin bring up man back to ringside. Oh, McMahon with the irate to Austin. But Austin chasing down McMahon again. Well, Vince looking to try and make a getaway, but Austin cutting him off. <coughs> Throws him over barricade back into the ring area. And now Austin going up the entranceway. And McMahon just sent into the cage and now trying to climb it. And Austin just watching on. McMahon wants to get back in the ring. Uh, Austin just grabbing his legs from underneath him. Uh-uh. <laughs> and now they're coming around the other way. But McMahon again climbing. Austin just looking on. Seems like McMahon's in a lot of... Oh, Austin stumps away at the midsection. And now Austin's just going to take a seat, catch his breath back, and go straight after McMahon. All this frustration and anger built up inside Austin from getting goaded by McMahon week in, week out on Raw. Just saving it all up to this moment to unleash hell. And hell is what the man is feeling as he tries to get out of harm's way. And Austin is climbing a cage with McMahon. And I think Vince knows where he is. Well, he knows Austin's next to him. He's starting swinging away at him. And they have to go up and Austin's stopping him. Big right hands, but man holding on just trying to get in. And oh, but man sitting to the side of the cage. And again off. Oh! 
off the steel cage through the announce table. McMahon took a huge bump and even Austin's like, Jesus Christ, son. Goddamn kid. What's going on here, son? And the through the announce table. But if you look, it, the, the replay of it as well, McMahon doesn't land it perfectly. He hits the edge of the announce table. And Austin's in the ring now, bouncing on that top ring rope. I think he took out the Spanish announcers as well. Well, let's see it again. Slow motion. Comes off. Side. Oh, hits the edge of it. Yeah, and takes out Carlos Cabrera. And that Hugo, Hugo Savinovich. Takes out Carlos Cabrera and Hugo Savinovich. And now Austin looking at him at man. And oh my God, it looks like this. The trainers, EMTs, referees down. And McMahon is out. Well, I mean, this match is not even officially going to get started after McMahon came off the side of the cage. And McMahon there, neck brace on, getting stretched up, and Austin on the microphone. Austin saying McMahon's not going to lose that easy. And now Austin saying, no, it's not going to end like that. Going over the top of the cage to get Vince McMahon, and they're trying to get him out of here. And the rattlesnake's got other ideas. Austin hunting down McMahon. <laughs> then sort of referees off of it, just pulls them off by the collars. And now he's got hold of Vincent Mann, but McMahon's on a stretcher with a neck brace. Oh, he gets upended straight into the side of the cage. Cameraman's in the way. Austin picks up the backboard. Oh. Smacks it across the back of McMahon. And now he's waiting for McMahon to get up again. <laughs> straight across the midsection. And now after, what, 10, 15 minutes of action, are we finally going to see this match started? Are we going to get the actual bell? McMahon throws him in. The fans are cheering. No sympathy for McMahon. The fans are getting a... And here comes Austin and the bell rings. Austin clotheslines McMahon down, goes for the... No, he doesn't go for a cover because that's not how you win this match. And he goes for the neck brace, rips it off. And now just stomping down on McMahon. McMahon, this is just like it's a truly personal between these two. Austin could have won it, just wants to hurt McMahon. Austin on that second rope now. And drops el- <laughs> the elbow across the throat. There you going up with another elbow. And, and Austin is absolutely loving this. And Austin wants the door open. He's going to end this now. Austin's going to escape. And he's going to go to WrestleMania with this victory. McMahon looking on. Ever defiant, giving Austin the middle finger. Well, Austin <laughs> obviously hasn't given him enough punishment. He could just easily stamp his ticket to WrestleMania. But no, he'd rather punish Vince McMahon a bit more. Well, there's a couple of things you don't do. You don't spit the wind. You don't tug on Superman's cape. And you don't give Steve Austin the finger. And he's going back in now just wasting Vince McMahon. <laughs> and that is literally stomping a mud hole, walking it dry. And Austin looking down at man, but man with a low blow throws Austin into the side of the cage. And but man might escape this one. No, he's going up, and he's got one leg over. And there's nothing going to stop him now. Though Austin up, Austin's got a man drags him in upside down. And McMahon head first into the steel cage. Oh my god, all sorts of trouble. What's Austin going to do? He's going to bring him back in. I think McMahon may be out. Uh oh, and Austin's going to send McMahon into the side of the cage. Oh. Right into that metal upright, holding it. 
in place. And Austin now, Major L, might be looking to finish this one. Well, he's not done with McMahon yet. And McMahon's bleeding. Austin promised blood. And he's got it. And now Austin's not finished with McMahon. Again into the steel cage. And Austin now taunting McMahon. Austin now going to go over the top. McMahon bleeding, beaten, looking on at Austin. He's going to book his place at WrestleMania. But McMahon just giving him the double fingers. <laughs> and Austin's like, well, come on. I let him off of it once, but not again. Look at the way Austin gesturing over the top. And he's going after McMahon. He's got no corporation members here to help him. And now Austin just looking on. He's got no rock with a championship belt to help him as well to distract Austin. Vince McMahon is out here all on his own. Sent into the side of the steel cage. McMahon in serious trouble. And Austin getting up the cage just to kick McMahon down. And McMahon's limp body now just getting choked out by Austin. Austin just stamping on the side of McMahon's head. And the hatred for these two men to just dish out punishment on McMahon to take it. But Austin... Looking to finish it now. No, right hand. Bollocks. Austin asking to open up the door. And he's saying he's going to finish it right now. This is coming to an end. Waiting for McMahon to get up. Stand up. And Austin talking trash to McMahon. He's just seconds away for going to WrestleMania. And he's telling McMahon exactly what he thinks of him. But. What's happening with the apron? Well, I just saw that. I don't know if it was a knife or something like that. And oh my god, who the fuck is that? Huge son bitch. Well, a huge guy and Mark Cole saying it's Paul White. That's no relative of mine. Well, no, but I recognise it. It's not, you sure he's not your cousin, I say. He's my twin brother. But he looks... Isn't that the giant from WCW? Surely not. Don't call me Shirley, but it looks like it is. He's come through the ring. And it looks like he's going to cost Austin... A tight opportunity. Well, Vince McMahon was heard. No corporate members were ringside. Yeah, but you can't, that is incredible. And now the giant who dwarfs Mr. McMahon, dwarfs Stone Cold, picks up Austin. And McMahon calling the shots now. Going to be thrown into the steel cage. Oh, the cage breaks. Holy shit. And Austin gets out. Austin oh. wins the match. Austin wins. He's going to Mania and it's shocking his face. Was that planned? Yeah. He can't believe it. Austin's at Mania. It made the giant look like fucking awesome as well, doesn't yeah. it? But man can't believe it. Austin wins. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Absolutely brilliant. A great way to make a debut as well. You know, with the... Uh, or what we know as the Big Show, yeah. or the Giant, or Paul White, or whatever you want to call him. <laughs> it does make him look monstrous, and that is how you use a big man. Yeah, big man. I think we've seen it as well. You know, you talk about uh, the, the kind of matches I think WWE doesn't have. The main event matches really delivering. And like I said, a guy like the Giant, who, who looked, you know, he's moved now. It's the first kind of huge signing from WF, from a WWE superstar. It's been WWE taking him, and now finally with the, the Giant, with Paul White, and we'll find out, of course, about the big show tomorrow night on Raw. But and I think fantastic. You know, maybe you can say Austin McMahon took a little bit too long, but it's nice to have that kind of payoff. You know, and these two men, even though you know McMahon's been a shit kicked out of him, he's still you know nearly got one over 
on Austin. But again, Austin comes out just at the nick of time. Uh, and we've seen, of course, the Rocker Manco. We don't know what's going to happen there. But I think it's really, really good. You know, at the moment, WF is obviously killing it. <laughs> I say, yeah, there's a big motherfucker. <laughs> so let's move on to our last episode of Monday Night Raw. A series of rated photographs for Caps last night's St. Valentine's Day Massacre pay-per-view. Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler are in the booth and they are live from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, Commissioner Shawn Michaels comes out and welcomes out the participants in the WrestleMania main event, WF champion Mankind and Steve Austin. Before anything can be said between them, Vincent Mann interrupts wearing a net brace and sending his beef night. But Mann claims to be a broken man and that he wants a fresh start with Austin on the condition that Austin apologises. Austin does apologise, but only for beating McMahon more than he attended. McMahon tells Michaels that people deserve a WF title rematch between Mankind and The Rock because their match last night ended in a draw, so he needs to do his job and book it for tonight. Mankind says he needs a week to recover, bringing out The Rock, who continues to goad Michaels into a book of the title match for this evening. Mankind decides to take on The Rock after all and to make sure there is a winner. Michaels announces that tonight's title match will be a ladder match after that, McMahon welcomes out Paul White, who he says will be the special guest referee of the title match at WrestleMania. Austin simply flips him off from the ring to end the segment. Oh, my word. So, Paul White is part of the corporation, but our opening, max, mix, fuck me, our opening mixed tag team contest, it's Double J, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E, Double T and Deborah wrestle Dino Brown and Ivory to a double disqualification at 2.04. Continuation of last night's pay-per-view where Ivory ripped Deborah's clothes off following Deborah's interference in the WWF Tag Team Championship match between D'Lo and Mark Henry and Jarrett and Owen Hart. D'Lo and Jarrett exchange finishes with the ladies interrupting the pins and the referee loses control during the ensuing four-way brawl, producing a double disqualification. After the match, Deborah smashes a guitar across Ivory's back, which gives a big pop from the crowd. Well, the Stooges welcome Paul White to the company along with the rest of the corporation. Well, Triple H and X-Pac come to the ring and they are mad about losing last night at St. Valentine's Day Massacre to Kane and China. Triple H demands a rematch immediately. They walk out with Shane McMahon, but Shane says there will be no rematch. He tells China she has the night off, prompting X-Pac to tell Shane to take China's place in a tag match tonight. Challenge on the condition that X-Pac puts his European title on the line during the match. Backstage foot shows Intercontinental Champion Val Venus and Ryan Shamrock making out. Mankind is shown training for a ladder match with a ladder backstage. He's not climbing it quickly, though, due to the beating that he took on his knee during the last man standing match at the pay-per-view. Intercontinental Championship is with Ryan Shamrock pins badass Billy Gunn with a German suplex at 2.47. Well, Gunn helped Venus win the Intercontinental title at Valentine's Day Massacre by making a quick count on Ken Shamrock. So this is his reward, I suppose. Both men go through some perfectly acceptable wrestling sequences until Gunn knocks Ryan Shamrock off the apron, which allows Venus to retain the title. However, she gets no reward for her help as Venus dumps her. A new WrestleMania ad draws attention to the fact that Lawrence Taylor beat Bam Bam Bigelow, taking a shot at currently in WCW. He's going to face Goldberg at the next pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> well, Billy Gunn tells Ryan Shamrock that he's sorry for knocking her off the apron in the last match, but is attacked by Ken Shamrock until WWF officials intervene. Well, the Ministry of Darkness makes an appearance for the Undertaker, warning Vincent Mann that the WWF will soon belong to him. 
as his wrestlers will come under his ministry. The Undertaker says the ministry let the big boss man go after taking him last night, and that the ministry is powerful enough to destroy the corporation. Big boss man issued a challenge for a six-man tag match between three members of the ministry and three members of the corporation. The problem with this is that the boss man was abducted last night, but it's unclear what significance that has. It looks really silly when the boss man is right back in character and warned the Undertaker to watch himself. Shane McMahon is showing training backstage with Kane and China. The end of the last night's agenda tag team match between Kane and China and Triple H and X-Pac in the US Coast Guard Rescue of the Week. Wow, good job, US Coast Guard. Tag team match for the European Championship, and it's Shane McMahon and Kane with China, and they defeat Triple H and X-Pac, where McMahon pins X-Pac after hitting him with the European title to win the championship at 4 minutes 20. Well, this is classic Russo here, where someone can lose their singles championship in a tag team match if they're pinned. For its limitations, maybe Shane's in a bit to do very much aside from throwing the weak punches. This is a fun tag match as Kane and China interfere to keep Shane out of trouble. When we see Kane now on the top rope, going to take Triple H out. Takes him out of a clothesline. And what the fuck is Triple H wearing? Well, Triple H, he's got, he's got his, uh, his black and blue on. Now Shane getting tagged in. He's wearing a Degeneration X jersey. And it says X-Punk on the front. And now Triple H's got hold of Shane. Drags him into the corner. Tags in X-Pac. And now Shane in the wrong part of town. And China up on the apron. And X-Pac swings at her. Oh, but she catches X-Pac. But X-Pac moves out of the way. Shane inadvertently hits China. But gets thrown into the corner by X-Pac. Oh, and huge kicks to the face. Taking out Shane. Go for the Bronco bus. But Kane's there. <laughs> Choke slams him into the middle of the ring. Triple H hits Kane off the apron into the announce table. This could be it. Dix could win this here. Kane over the stairs. And now China looking on. She's got the European title belt. And giving it to Shane. Helping him get up and recover. Well, X-Pac, the European champion, but a belt shot to the face. China comes in and takes the belt away. Shane McMahon is collapsed on top of X-Pac. And now Triple H came fighting out the entranceway. Referee's back in. And that is the three. And Shane McMahon is your new European champion. I mean, My what's God. more ridiculous than that? Him becoming tag team champion? <laughs> 20 years later, coming into WrestleMania, Shane McMahon is your European champion. I mean, yeah, a lot of hijinks with Kane and China, but Shane gets one over on X-Punk. Uh, I mean, X-Punk. And DX have not had a good couple of nights. My God, Dan, what are your... <laughs> oh, it's a fan segment, isn't it? Kind yeah. of um, keeps the rivalry going between the corporation and DX, as well as keeping like the feud going between corporation and the ministry and the corporation and Austin. Yeah, exactly. Well, the corporation celebrates Shane's total victory backstage with Kane, hilariously turning away and still cut off when Shane pulls alcohol onto his head. <laughs> Well, we get a hardcore championship match, and that's Bob Holly, the champion, and he beats Steve Blackman at 240. I mean, this was before Blackman discovered that he could do crazy martial arts stuff with all kinds of weapons, so it's not much of a threat to Holly at this point. Kevin Dunn completely blows the camera work here, as Holly and Blackman immediately go backstage. There's no camera to follow him for about 30 seconds. Lots of garbage brawling with Holly getting an unlikely assist from Jaws, who blasts Blackman with a wrench as payback for Blackman standing up for Kevin Kelly, who Jaws bullied a week or so ago. <coughs> So that teaches us that bullies do prosper. Yes. Well, after the match, Holly gets on the mic and says that he's hardcore and that we accept challenges for his championship. Bart Gunn interrupts with Holly telling him that he was the only person that Bart did not knock out in Brawl for All, 
Bart says that he will accept Holly's Open Challenge and will face him for the hardcore title next week. Yay! A Midnight Express blow-off. <laughs> well, Mr. McMahon falling off the steel cage and filling the announce table at St. Valentine's Day Massacre is the crispy M&M slam of the week. Well, Kevin Kelly interviews WWF Wimmy Ball and Sable announces that she'll be on the cover of the March 8th edition of Playboy magazine. She gloats about her media appearances there by beginning process of a heel turn before being interrupted by her stalker. Sable tells the stalker that she cannot be like her and has security escort the stalk and has security escort the stalker backstage. Arrogant Hill Sable was much better character than face Sable. Yeah, but we've not seen a lot of her recently. I know she had a match at the Royal Rumble. Well Vincent Mann is shown giving stock backstage. And Butterbean is shown in the crowd with Cole saying that the hot rumour is Butterbean wants to fight Bart Gunn in a brawl for all match. <laughs> yes he does. Yes he does. The big boss man Ken Shamrock can test first with the acolytes admitted into a no contest at two minutes and fifty. Makes sense for The Undertaker to pick the Acolytes over the brood for this match, but the inclusion of Midian is once again puzzling. Maybe sales of toys, toy eye gla- in- maybe sales of toy eyes in glass exploding on the house show circuit. The Bossman and Midian renew their thrilling encounter from the previous evening in a six-way brawl. Gives way to the lights going out and the rest of the ministry walks out. Things get ridiculous here as Shane McMahon is dragged out and presented to The Undertaker who chokes him and presents him with a document that is to be given to his father. Ooh. And now on to our main event. It's for the WF Championship. It's The Rock versus Mankind. And Mankind's just come out here, but oh my... Stone Cold's here. Well, he's not dressed to wrestle, but he's coming out. And of course, he will meet the winner of this match at WrestleMania 15. And The Rock backing off from Austin. Of course, there's a bad blood there for the Royal Rumble. Austin hasn't got his revenge yet on The Rock. But Mankind is champion. And Austin is just joining the commentary team. Goddamn kiddies, it's Mankind, son! Jesus Christ, I don't give a fuck who I fight. And The Rock, distracted by Austin, gets caught by Foley, or Mankind, or Cactus Jack, or Dude Love, who is visibly, visibly, holler, who is visibly hobbling about on that leg. Yeah, I'm sure he's hobbling around. And I tell you something, Mankind with that bad leg, climbing a ladder is probably the worst type of match. But again, a different match. We've seen last man standing, I quit, empty arena, and now a ladder match between these two men. The rivalry's coming to a head, but Mankind is definitely not 100%. Uh-oh, and The Rock now has got Mankind Irish whip. Oh! Oh, knees first into the steel steps. Mankind goes careering over the top of them. And The Rock, this is a point where they normally join commentary. But Austin's kind of taking his place. Oh, and The Rock's staring at Austin. and You can tell Austin's getting underneath The Rock's skin. Throws the chair in. Austin asks where Jim Ross is instead of Michael Cole. But The Rock's throwing Mankind in. He's got the chair and the leg of Mankind now. Oh, sends a left knee of Mankind into that chair. And Mankind's been beaten from pillar to post. Both men got last night, but The Rock, I'm not saying he's 100%. Definitely a lot fitter now than Mankind. And again, the main event of Raw, that kind of makes sense. Yes, it's a big match, but it's kind of end of their rivalry. And yeah, it was a draw last night. But it continues to Raw, it gives people something to watch. They're interested to see who Austin's going to face. And you know you need a winner. Oh! To get a ladder, but got caught by Mankind! Who's hitting the ladder that's on top of the rock with a chair. A bit of payback there. 
And the Rock's struggling to get to his feet. His chest might be caved in. Mankind's got him. And it's not just a double feature, James. It's an M&M's double well, feature. Exactly. We've seen Mankind hit the Rock with chairs as he's hitting the soccer elbow. Oh, and it hits the mark, TARDIS. And the Rock now rolling away. Now Mankind's got the ladder looking to go up. Uh-oh, Rock's got the chair. Oh, shot to the knee. Oh. And the ladder falls <laughs> down as well for good measure. Oh, that's sickening there. Impact. And now the Rock's got the ladder setting it down. He's got the leg of Mankind. Oh, and the Rock with a chop block going down low on Mankind. And a few Rocky chants as well. Beat down Mankind, but you can't, you know, deny the coolness of the Rock as he's got the leg of Mankind. Puts it between the ladder. Picks up a chair. Oh, and just starts wailing away at the ladder with a chair. <laughs> just wailing away. Sickening by the rock, the damage he's doing to mankind. And Austin, he's putting over the rock on commentary. He's put, and, well, yeah. well, putting them over both, really. And this is a great thing what Austin's doing. He's saying, you know, these two men should be so tough after 24 hours after brutal last man standing match. And, you know, whoever he faces, yeah, he's going to win, but it's going to be tough doing it. He guaranteed he'd get there, and he has, so he's proven himself in that way. And now the rock going up, but Mankind's cutting him off. Crazy son bitch. Drags the rock off the ladder. Well, let's not forget the rock had a great ladder match with Triple H as well at SummerSlam. So maybe there's a little bit of advantage there. Plus, with Mankind's bad leg, this match favours the rock more. It was Mr. McMahon's choice. Mankind with a chair to the midsection and just cracking it across the back of the rock. <laughs> no, and Austin's saying get your ass up that ladder you dumb bastard and you'll win it well Mankind's climbing up I don't think that ladder's quite central is the title over to one side well it might be oh it is leaned over to one side not sturdy oh my and a chair to Mankind but his arm got caught up in that rope and the Rock sees that and plays to his advantage and Mankind might have broken his arm as well as his leg struggling for position there but manages to get the low blow on the Rock and that's a surefire way of slowing someone down. Could have dislocated his shoulder. And now both men on the outside. And now Mankind and Rock going through the crowd. And the Rock gets sent into Barricade. The Barricade collapsed. Rock's on the Barricade and here comes Mankind. Drops the elbow. And these two men have dished out so much punishment to the other. And now does Mankind feel he can go to the ring? Get the belt. No. Oh, no. He goes to drop the second elbow, but the rock rolling out of the way. And that can't be a soft landing. No, still versus. And the rock now bringing mankind back through. And the rock clotheslining mankind over the barricade. Now both men covered in the filth of the crowd. Not in that way. I was just saying the floor's dirty. Mankind could barely stand, but he's in this one still. Is his head bounced off the edge of the ring apron. And now he's getting dragged halfway up the aisle. Oh, it's going to look to suplex Mankind. Oh. <clears throat> On the steel ramp. Well, someone threw Sokka and the Rock's got hold of it. Oh, spits at it. And throws it back. So you're a lucky fan who doesn't realise that they've got some of the Rock's, Rock's DNA. DNA, yeah. Keep that. You sell it for millions. And, and uh, millions. <laughs> the Rock now has got the cable choking out Mankind. Oh, uh, Mankind might wind up the most electrifying man if he's not careful. And the Rock looks Irish with Mankind. No, it reverses. 
Sends the rock into the still stairs. Oh my god, went flying over and Austin was like, God damn kid. And now still stairs. Oh, a bit of revenge there from the night before. It's mankind throwing the still stairs at the rock this time. It's mankind in the ascendancy and he's got the rock on the Spanish announce table after the punishment they took last night as well. Yes, I wonder if Hugo Savinovich and Carlos Cabrera are still uh, 100%. And now Mankind going to look to... Oh, got low blowed. Oh, and the Rock with a rock bottom sending Mankind through the announce table. Oh, my word. I just like how hardcore they are. They don't go re- rearranging the furniture, pulling the monitors out. They just go, fuck it, you're going straight through it. They're <laughs> yeah, huge, look at that. Bang, back and dead. And Alan, he's got the ladder up. He's going to get the top, but somehow Mankind has got to his feet. I don't know how. Oh, low blow to the rock who falls off the ladder. And Mankind, so much toughness, has got the rock. Double arm DDT plants the rock. And even Austin wants Mankind to get up the ladder. Mankind struggling to get to his feet. Oh, my God. Well, Mr. Socko makes an appearance tonight. As the rock throws a ladder into Mankind. Bang! Snap DDT. The Mankind's got a faraway look in his eyes. The rock's struggling to get to his feet. And the rock talking trash as he's climbing up the ladder. And the crowd are chanting, Rocky sucks. And rock with a big right hand, but no! Mankind with the sock in the muck on top of the ladder. Well, Socko and our rock is dropping. That tire belt was swinging. Oh, my God. Well, well, it's the big show. And Big Paul White's goal of mankind on top of the ladder. Choke slams him to the mat. Oh, my goodness. In and out. And the rock's going up the ladder. Well, not like there. And a giant, well, big show, the giant Paul White looking at Austin as well. And The Rock, is he going to come champ again? He's the Rock it. wins and he collapses off the ladder after grabbing a title. The Rock is WF champion yet again. And he will face Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. But thanks to the giant, uh, thanks to Big Show, oh. Paul White. Paul White. And <laughs> The Rock throws the ladder on top of Mankind. What did you think of that match? I thought it was very good. It was, um, you know, it had a bit of everything in it. Brawling out in the crowd and it kind of makes The Rock's title win look a bit weak but kind of helps out Mankind as well. Yeah. Because, you know, Mankind lost but he didn't lose to The Rock. He lost to a chokeslam from the big show. And I think that's what we've seen throughout, you know, with Mankind either getting screwed out of it or not actually saying I quit. Or even like the draw like last night, you know, it's all been outside interference or different things. They help the Rock get through. Does it make Rock look strong? Yeah, because during the performances against Mankind, he's kind of looked really tough. But Austin is waiting for him now at WrestleMania 15. And I don't think he's going to wait until then. Austin's getting in the ring. And we're just back in, but Austin's there. Bang, stunner! And the Rock sells it as well. Well, and as he flipped over backwards, you can see he's got some uh, plaster or something on his chest. Oh, my God. 
and we get a bit of extra attitude after the rock uh, after Austin laying out the rock with a stunner. He holds the title about high. So, what have you thought of Raw this month as we head into our last episode? It's been absolutely brilliant. You can tell they're building towards WrestleMania and every single match that they've had is a push in that direction. And, um, you know, it's absolutely great. And it keeps you on the edge of your seat as well. You know, you want to watch WrestleMania. You want to see what happens between Austin and The Rock. You want to see if Austin gets screwed out. You want to see what's going to go on with the Big Show or Paul White. You know, you want to see if your mankind manages to get... Even the undercard matches, you know, what's going to happen with Shane and X-Pac for the European Championship? Is China really, truly a part of the corporation? What's going to happen with the ministry and the corporation? You know, you've got so many questions you want answers to. And even Bob Holly in the hardcore division as well. You know what I mean? Even with like, Sable as well. Like, every character, basically, uh, it gets put upon and has got something to do with that. And uh, Monday Night War rating 5.9, 3.9 to Nitro. You can see why. The show was, you know, miles better as it was. Uh, so, you know, Austin celebrates it. And I think, yeah, Raw has shown why it's the kind of top at the moment. But that's it for now. Our next episode is Sunday at Worlds Collide. And it's James versus Dan as 205 Live, NXT and NXT UK go head to head to head. <laughs> yeah, we can't wait for that points will be on the line and then Wednesday WNR 203 part 2 2 it's uh, WSW Super Rule 1999 can WSW improve we've got their pay for you to come and one more episode of Raw and Nitro after that event and then the following Sunday it's the WNR WW Network Review for February yeah, and we've got a collection. That's what we do. We've got collections, 205 Live, and of course, NXT Update. And then the following Sunday's WWE Elimination Chamber. And of course, we know that we're going to have new uh, Raw Women's... Raw... We're going to have new Women's Tag Team Champions. And also, the WWE Championship will be on the line inside the Chamber. And so that is it. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WNetworkReview or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. Of course, all the Google platforms, WNetReview. Send us an email to podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. And come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, W Network Review Podcast there. We've got clips on there and, of course, podcasts got to say on YouTube to do our places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Spreaker Radio. We've got a live show, Stitcher Radio, and our iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it. Dave Rowland, and as always, always joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.